As long as we keep our love between us, everything will work itself out. What's your name? You're in trouble now. Are you my man? You know I'm your man. It's all here, baby. You always wanted to make a difference. I hate you, hate you, hate you. I've heard so much about you. Hopefully nothing too bad. Makai Pfeiffer, Beyonce Knowles, Most Deaf, Rod Digger, The Brat, Little Bow Wow, Yclef Jean, Jermaine Dupree, Carmen. Welcome back, everybody, to the episode of... Uh, Whatever everybody's been liking, bad meaning bad or bad meaning good, uh, we are back again. This episode would not be numbered because this is not my month. This is just the epi episode that we'll be throwing out here. Uh, I'm not sure when I'm going to release this episode, but I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're listening. Um, we're doing a very special movie, to <laughs> uh, 2001's Carmen. And joining me on this ride, I have uh, Chanel. How you know Chanel? I'm great, Jeff. How are you? I am. Wait, I did that wrong. <laughs> I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you? Let's bring it back to 2002 minus one. See, <laughs> this is this. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, y'all have heard it before and I'm sure y'all been hearing her a lot more because she's been on Jay's show. She's been on this show. She got her own thing going before we move to our next, uh, co-host for tonight. Tell everybody what you got going on. Uh, yes. You Thank know, you. all that good stuff, socials and everything. Let's knock it out now. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll speed through it. So across this, across all the socials, it's at Chanel Creating, C-H-A-N-E-L, like the brand, um, www.chanelcreating.com is where you can see my podcast, Baby Babe, which is rap. So we did a recap of season, of season one of Flavor of Love. Also on there is a show I did in collaboration with the, one of my best friends, which was a recap of Lovecraft Country, RIP. Um, and then I'm working on some stuff right now, so not putting out any uh, audio content, but having a lot of fun being on everyone else's show, as Jeff mentioned. So that's where you can find me, at Chanel Creating on Instagram and Twitter. All right. Uh, so we got that out of the way. And then we have uh, a new voice for Bad Meaning Bad or Bad Meaning Good. Uh a school friend of mine have joined the crew and she also will be joining this ride of movies, various movies that we're going to do from time to time. And how are you doing, Cheryl? I am traumatized by this movie. <laughs> That's where I am right now. <laughs> okay. Before we get started with the movie, is there anything that you got going on as far as, as, far as podcast, anything like that, that you want to get out there, social media, anything, just get it out now. Sure. Yeah. My personal social media is at Wild Young Charm on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm also hosting a podcast called Recap Madness. Um, we were on hiatus for a couple of years, but we just came back and we're currently uh, covering Motherland Fort Salem seasons one and two. So check that out. And uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at its Recap Madness. And, you know, it's on Anchor. So it's everywhere, anywhere you would want to listen to a podcast. All right, this is going to be a fun episode. I, I just want to get that out of the way right now. And I'm going to get the synopsis of the movie so we can also knock that out. So, Carmen, a hip-hopper, an engaged Philadelphia policeman, falls in love with a beautiful woman 
while dealing with a corrupt superior. And that is voodoo's, I mean, yeah, voodoo uh, synopsis. Uh, I guess, yeah, that's it. Yeah, barely. I'm, I'm not going to beat it up too much. Um, first and foremost, watching this now, we'll get this out of the way now, and watching it from when you were younger, what is the big difference or what is the um, alarming thing that you see about this movie? Just the number, just one thing for right now, and we can go start with you, Chanel, and then we'll start small. Yeah. Um, I think for me at that time, first of all, like this, this movie is love it or not revolutionary because we definitely haven't seen anything like that since, which is like a hip hop era, right? Like a, a hip hop blended with this opera, and then it being on a mainstream like MTV. So I think that the hype over that was what I attracted to when I was younger. And I think I just genuinely didn't know any better. Like, I don't think that, you know, like now, like I expect a plot to be, to make sense. I expect characters to be consistent. I just expect these things because TV is in the golden age. So I think the difference was my expectations were so low. And then also it had everyone in it. And like, these people are still around today, which makes it like, you know, kids can kind of get it. But like at that time it had everyone in it so i think those are like my immediate takeaways like looking at it 20 years later okay um i'll go ahead and knock this out i would just say i think i'm with you initially uh during that time i remember it was a big thing if i remember right it was like a a big week for mtv to like trl around that time where they had different people who mm-hmm. was in it coming in, and you know they really built it up uh, to their credit. And I think that was a thing that I could gravitate towards because it had so many like, okay, I was a most deaf fan. I, I like you know I like that type of hip hop. So I was like, oh okay, I'm gonna check this out. It had uh, young Beyonce, I believe 19 year old Beyonce, in the movie, which is weird now in hindsight. Yeah, but <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but now watching it, now I'm looking at it and I'm just like, oh, oh boy, Beyonce was not good at this at all. She was <laughs> not good, but expected. It was her first, you know, probably pretty much her first out. I think this was before Austin Powers. So this was her first like major like movie thing that she was in. So I wouldn't expect so much, but you did see like, her charisma, her, her charisma pushed her through more than anything else because it seemed like when she had to sing, even when she had to rap, it was fine. But when she had to like emote, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can see the issues here. Um, and that's all I'll say for right now because I'm not, I don't want to beat the movie up like that. Um, uh, Yeah. So the that no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sherry, you please take it away. Please take it away for now. Oh no, it's fine. Like, <laughs> I don't think I have anything good <laughs> to say about it. I do not recall the acting being as bad as it was twenty years ago, but um yeah, apparently I had blocked that out. Right? Yeah, I- <laughs> I'm under duress right now because I'm not saying that like this audience is all Bayhive, but it's possible. It's possible. And I just feel like it's tough to be real. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
you know, I think we're gonna have to jump on a grenade tonight with this because I'm gonna veer into territory of critiquing Beyonce and I cannot believe a mere mortal like me would try that, but. Oh, I think I muted myself. I was yeah. just saying it's gonna have to happen. It's gonna have to be done. I, I mean, hmm. I just think, like I said now, it's just funny looking. I guess it's supposed to be now. I mean, think about it. The movie started out with the brat rapping with a rhinestone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> rhinestone. <laughs> Dazzled bandana. <laughs> fresh, is fresh to death, though. I mean, but you know what? Like, that's what they do, though, in the operas, right? Like, they have the, I forget what the, the name of the person is, like the Greek chorus, basically, that set you up to let you know so like i did love that the brat was the person who would do that because if this movie was like 30 years older it would have been mc light you know what i mean so i'm like yeah. I, I appreciate that like i like that energy but yeah when she when she came back at the end i, I started laughing like should i go back and re-listen because what the f like <laughs> i don't know if this is necessary but it's because it's an opera so i was like okay let me relax i should have done my research to see that the movie um silver brand come out after this or before this Cause she did the same thing in that she was like the narrator of the movie, but I feel like she didn't rap in that one, but I she did something similar to that. Yeah. It's so like, it's like about this uh, all black. I don't know if it's an all black woman's prison, but I know it's a woman's prison. Mm. And I think that was the year after this. Okay. So she got like, she got to really <laughs> narrate that film. And this one was like, okay, let's just see how this works. Um, what research I should have did was what the fuck happened in non-black Carmen. Cause I'm like, is it, you know what I mean? Like for me, my frame of reference as a youngin was like, this is Beyonce wrote this, you know, like that's my frame of reference. And I know now that it's, like, it's a whole opera, it's whatever. So I, I'd be curious to see how off book they got with this. I think I could Very. be mistaken. The only difference was that in the original, um, Makai Pfeiffer's character actually killed Carmen. I, I believe. Yeah, I believe that's it. This one was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, okay. It's interesting because as people were talking about it when I had just tweeted about it or whatever, so many people like this movie. But I'm starting to think, like, are y'all going off of memory? Because you got to be. Because, like, you have not possibly seen this now and said. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, this no one remembers the plot. I mean, literally all of So So Deaf is in this movie. Like at the time, there's no like they put all the people in there that would make you be like, I love them. I lo like where you're forgetting. Rod Digg is in the movie. Like you're like you don't want to tear it down, but then when you go back, you're like, yeah, this would not stand up any test of cinema. Yeah, not I think, at all. The <laughs> thing is like a yeah, this is absolutely like if you like it, it's your guilty pleasure. Because it's just one of those things where you can find some enjoyment. And I just think, like, with the actors involved, Makai Pfeiffer and Most Duff had to do a lot of lifting. Like, it was obvious, like, they were carrying yeah. the movie. And I'm just like, Makai Pfeiffer seemed more... I don't know, because he wasn't bad with the rapping or anything like that. But you could, you could tell it wasn't his natural right. thing. Like, most deaf, you could see him slide in and out of it. And it seemed like, to me, most deaf had more, more fun, most fun than anybody. Because he got to play a crooked yeah. cop. Oh, he was into it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. He was laughing. 
I think you got a lot of enjoyment out there. I want to take the time to just give Mr. Pfeiffer his flowers. Like, he was the man back then. He's still the man now. He was with all the R&B girlies. He had Beyonce, Brandy, and Monica. Like, that's a Thanos. You know what I mean? Like, that's like (laughs) Infinity Stone uh, glove-wise of R&B divas. And he also, like you said, is a genuinely good actor. And I mean, for me the movie around that time that did it for me was eight mile. Like he's just, he is so iconic to me that I take him for granted. Like Nicki Minaj, like that's how I think of him. So I just want to give him his flowers. Like he was in everything and he was in everything so well that you forgot he was in everything. Yeah. Um, Cause I actually forgot how much he did for this film. Like, and then shout out to Robert Townsend, first of all, because he directed this and you know, Robert Townsend um, is just a, a legend. Robert Townsend is absolutely a legend. And that is why from moment, you know, 005, when it says Robert Townsend directed, I said, oh my God, yeah. And then two minutes in, I said, Robert Townsend, what is, when they started doing the slow-mo, that's when I said, Mr. Townsend, we need to talk. (laughs) Like what was going on? The directing was not great. Yeah, some of the cuts and the slow-mo just didn't make a lot of sense in the context they were in. The only thing that would make sense is if he's saying, the kids are like this. That's the only thing I can go with. Yeah. And a, a piece of me feels like this, because this is 2001, so this is around the era of, oh, that person came out with a movie and it came out on straight to DVD? Mm-hmm. And I feel like MTV might have been like, oh, okay, you know, we'll hop on this thing. And people looked at it and was like, no, this is not coming into movie theaters. Maybe you could do something with it. MTV hopped on it and was like, okay, you know, we'll put it on and I'll show it. And then it'll be released on, on DVD or whatever. But, you know, we'll get that first mm-hmm. look and all the views for that. Because it's a lot wrong, to, like, as far as movies, yeah. technical, camera, acting it's just a whole lot that yeah. you can pick I, up on one now absolutely i know though speaking of how they released it i know i sat up and watched it live like i i i can't remember but i know i would have like set my calendar and known that saturday at eight turn to mtv like i i know i did um but yeah they, they did do one thing as far as directing that i did love because it was so 90s which was like the aerial shot where they show you like the name of the club and the name of the building and then they do it at a slant like to show you like <laughs> yeah like Merv's beer that is slanted it's like oh 90s and i was like oh that that made me feel comforted um but everything else was uh yeah, everything else was interesting, and I and I do think that it just didn't age well because I'm sure it I, I ate it up when, at that time. And you know what? The more I think about it, maybe just it wasn't supposed to age well. Maybe it was just that. Maybe it was just it's it's a it's like I had a text you. I was like, this is like a time piece. This is like when you go back and you look at something yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But if you give it to somebody who's like eighteen or twenty one, what the. F- you know what were y'all watching? Oh, yeah, because <laughs> like, yeah. it's very much a snapshot of the early two thousands that wasn't meant to leave the early two thousands. I'm I'm glad we're there now because at certain moments in the movie, I felt that they weren't in two thousand. It wasn't two thousand and one. It maybe felt like nineteen seventies. Could have been nineteen eighties. Who knows? <laughs> 
I'm just saying I've never been to jail before. But when Makai Pfeiffer ended up in jail, I'm like, man, like it just looked way different. And I know that you know that was structurally that's that's how it's supposed to be. It's jail. It's supposed to look hard and rough, you know. But it just looked like a whole totally different movie. Like he was living in the seventies. I was like, what? Even sometimes with the um, you know the backdrops of the club they were in, I'm just like, this doesn't feel like it was 2000 at all. Except when you get to the um, Blaze and you know he's doing his concert or whatever and stuff like that. And Blaze is a whole totally other subject because right now, yeah, <laughs> I feel like uh, Blaze would be Drake right now. That's who Blaze would be. Right. I think um, you also can't forget about the fashion. The fashion was how you know. The fashion and also the fact that the it women had were skinny and um, curvy, but non like not Coke bottle definitive BBL size. Like the beautiful women were like super skinny models, but like also average bodies in that sense. And so that was really what told me what what time it was because the fact that like Rod Digga, Joy Bryant, and Beyonce had these very slim bodies and we're just like still the sexiest woman alive i was like oh yeah this is no or no later than 2004 like there's no way because bodies were still um bodies were still like different bodies were glorified back then so that was how i knew you know what now that you say that me you know thinking about it yeah i can definitely see you know, back then, how they picked you. It wasn't like, well, yeah. no, all shapes and sizes. No, it was like, oh, uh, yeah, you, 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 and you, and all of y'all. Okay, maybe you could be in the back, you know, but the camera mm-hmm. won't be. But that just showed you how trash we were back in that time, anyway. Um, yeah, at one point, there was a, t- a camo outfit, full camo that Joy had on. And I was like, see, 2001. <laughs> I was always, you know, also, too, I was shocked. I think I was like, oh, I didn't know she was in this movie. I didn't re- not remember that Raw Diggle was in this movie. Called me surprised. Re- I was just shocked. Let's let's get into it because I, I cannot wait to talk to y'all about Shad Moss's breakout role. So let's just oh, get right into this. Boy. <laughs> let's get right into this, please. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> All right. So we started the movie off. Like I said, the movie is started off with the brat rapping our intro, telling us who Carmen is and everything with her. <laughs> uh, Durag that is rhinestone studded. I don't know, but it was something that we wore in 2001 because we thought it was cool. Um, so we pick up from there and then we get, uh, what's his name? Officer Hill and his partner. Driving down the um, road and his partner is basically Porter. And he's trying to tell him basically about a night that he had, you know, about these different women and stuff. And he's like, man, I don't want to hear about that. You know, I have my fiance or whatever and stuff like that. And then we get to most deaf. And you see, basically no, Actually, we get to seeing Jermaine Dupree kind of like out on the corner, basically selling drugs or whatever and stuff like that. And uh, you hear a siren go off and they just scatter. And then he makes another noise like doo doo. He's like, oh, nah, man, you know what I'm saying? That's just Hill or whatever. So No, that's that's just the lieutenant. Oh, okay, sorry, you're right. I, I got confused already. No, is his name Hill? I can't remember what his name is right now. Hold on. We, we, Wait, we, Hill is Mackay Pfeiffer, Hill's, so I don't... Uh, hold on. I got... Uh-huh. Um, uh, I Miller is... is um, Miller, is, there yeah. you go. <laughs> so he pulls up, and basically they set the tone to tell you, like, this is the good guy. 
supposedly, and this is a bad guy. <laughs> um, and it shows you that dynamic early because they want you to know, like, yeah, Miller has some nonsense and bullshit with him. And Hill is kind of cool or whatever and stuff like that. Now, with this opening, and after seeing the movie, do you think this opening was what it needed to be? Especially for for <laughs> Hill's character. I would say no. Because it didn't, it was very, it's rushed. <laughs> so it's a very pointed good guy, bad guy trope without any substance to it, really. Right. I think that's a good question. I would say I'm actually fine with it. Only in the sense that, like, the fact that there is no character redemption arc for, you know, um, why do I want to say Muhammad Ali? For uh, most deaths character, for him, like, uh, for Miller, for L- Lieutenant Miller, there's no redemption arc. So I'm like, the fact that he's clearly cut the bad guy in the beginning and stays that, it, it, I genuinely, it didn't bother me. The part that did bother me was um, him, like, literally planting drugs on the child. That part bothered me. Oh, but gosh. in this you know, like, like, uh, substance wise, but no, like, I actually didn't feel like it went too fast because that conflict was the underlying, you know, generator for conflict throughout the rest of the film. So I, maybe I'm taking it too seriously, but I didn't, I didn't even notice that when you, now that you say it. Yeah. Cause it's just like, it's okay for uh, Lieutenant Miller. Okay. Most of character, it was fine. I think Makai Pfeiffer's character sticks out because by the time we get to the end of the movie, he is a madman. He has turned into somebody we we have not seen. I mean, now women women will do that to you. He did. I'll just be nice right now, but he did that to himself. I'll leave it like that. He, I will start out by saying Carmen is at fault. I'm sorry to say this, oof. but I... I came out on a way different side of this than I thought I would ever. Okay. And that's fair. Yes. That's absolutely fair. Uh, so at this point we get to uh, basically a stolen car. <laughs> a stolen car is happening and Lieutenant Miller calls it in. So, you know, he got it. And then uh, Hill calls and say, I got him for backup. So they're running, chasing this Bow Wow and some guy. And this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. Cause Bow Wow is probably 13. <laughs> right. Oh, 14. I'm going to say 13. I'm going to be nice. Because I don't really know. I'm going to say 13. Yeah, he's young. He's like, really? This dude's like basically took him on this joy ride because he stole a car. He's like, let me out. He's like, no, man, no. He's just laughing. Ha, ha, ha. All this stuff. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm fearing for this child at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I like, this is me not remembering the movie. I'm like, no, it's Bow Wow. So he's got to be in here a little bit right. longer. So basically, uh, the guy... Oh no, the cops! But I'm like, he says, "Oh no, the cops" or whatever. Didn't you hear the sirens behind you like five minutes ago when he's telling you to let me out? So they break. He they- said, "Wait, he said, oh no, the cops, my boy, you're swerving from curb to curb. Like you're not driving under the speed limit, and can't believe they caught you. You're literally popping wheelies in this Durango. Like, of course it's the cops." What? It, it absolutely should have flipped over at some point. I'm just like, because he was just driving insane. 
So they go on foot and they're chasing them basically. And most stuff catches Bow Wow. Bow Wow's kind of like talking back, let me go or whatever, you know, talking trash or whatever. So <sighs> Lieutenant Hill ideas to, hey, I'm going to plant these drugs on you. <sighs> Listen, it's 2001. Mm-hmm. We already know how white officers get down. This just triggered me. In so many ways, I was ready just to send y'all a message like, nah, maybe we should do something else. <laughs> it, it, just, it was just triggering in all the wrong ways. I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on. But we know. I, I, I want to hear everyone's triggering moment because I also have one where I said I got to turn this off and I had to push through. Well, this, is, this was it for me. Then I had to calm myself. I was like, you know what? No, because we do have dirty uh brothers as cops and it stuff like this probably can happen or whatever um so it's not a big deal but i think what this scene really does is shows you how far lieutenant miller is willing to go with certain things and how evil of a person he is now i don't know if anybody else felt that way about him but i think at this point i'm like okay I know what I'm getting in store with him and where he, what he's supposed to be. Cause even when he was talking to Makai Pfeiffer, like, yeah, you know, go take him, you know, get out of here, whatever stuff like that. And pretty much threatened his life, which was alarming too. Cause he was just like, yeah, you shouldn't be back here in dark alley. Something can happen to you or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, he's openly saying it. I could kill you and nobody would even know what happened to you. So, yeah, I'll let you ladies take it away with this, and then we'll move on. Um, <laughs> speechless. Because, okay, so I think that, like I said, I don't have a problem with him with it being so villainous because it just helped me to know, like, okay, this is my villain because there are so many other confusing plot points that at least I knew who, you know, Yasin Bey was throughout the rest of the film but um yeah it was confusing because I didn't understand why Hill didn't just release the little boy when they left <laughs> like as soon as he goes he go okay yeah lieutenant and then just release him and be like boy get out of here like what like why would he actually every time he makes him do something he follows up and well actually no he doesn't always follow up right that's the whole point but in this one I didn't understand why he felt the need to book that child and knowing what he saw and knowing what he knew so it was just um a weird setup for the fact that the movie is not really about that but it was kind of about that so I guess they you know I'm also thinking wondering when the wire came out because I'm like it's like it felt very reminiscent of that but I know it that wasn't the influence what do you think Chira? Yeah. Maybe something. Oh, sorry, I think I had muted my mic accidentally. Oh, no problem. No worries. Um, yeah, I think in this moment for me, just Hill's just willingness to comply with corruption was just weird for me, especially since the first scene establishes him as this good guy. So I would think like if you see your superior plant drugs on a kid, like go to IA, report him. Like you know, you have to know at this point that they're after him. They like they know what's going on. They always know. So why would you just comply with that? You know what? 
you just saying that right now just brings it right back to what I or the scene in the movie where I think it's um Fred Hammer. Fred the Hammer, he was reading the newspaper. He's like, oh, corrupt cops. Yeah, you know, some of them even in here, they be drinking and <laughs> drinking and chasing women. So I'm like, okay, so everybody knows about it. It's really not a secret. And Hill saw it, so yeah, all you gotta do is go tell somebody. You could be anonymous. But I guess at this point, him seeing that he would be the first person he go to and like, oh, you snitched, right? And probably take him out. Right. Well, there's also a moment in the film later when I literally thought, what was the process to get this promotion? Because I'm like, I don't see him doing any cop work. There, like, what did what did he, I would be interested in the 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 movie that's a spinoff where I understand his backstory because I'm like my guy how did you get this corrupt to where you literally don't do your job and everyone's very scared of you but I also haven't seen you kill anyone you know what I mean like you're talking a lot but it's almost like people are doing this because they're scared to lose their job and he does ultimately everyone loses their jobs as a result of messing with him basically so <laughs> it was just like not yeah it was like it was like there was this fear that they really didn't explore and I think it's because it would have fallen apart pretty quickly because <laughs> it wasn't like it was about the you know blue lives matter movement being corrupt it was just literally one guy didn't want to speak up yeah and I, I and that just again makes me really think like oh all he did was tell but it's I get it you know we only have what 88 minutes so they kind of like oh, okay certain things we right. can't talk <laughs> about but I just wish they would have you know cut some of the singing out Cut some of the rapid out. Let's get some of the meat of the story going. <laughs> you can't do that. That's, that's the whole point. Could have reduced it by like two verses. But this is the funny thing. And I don't know if you picked up on it. When you get to the second half of the movie, they pretty much stop all that rapping stuff. And I didn't notice it until I watched it again this um, morning at work. I was like, huh. At last like 30 minutes or 40 minutes, they are not doing that anymore. They this is straight this <laughs> straight acting. I'm like, oh, okay, that was different or whatever. That was a choice, I guess. I guess you know they wanted to hey, cause we need to get this story out there. And I'm sure people at this point are tired of the whole rapping thing. But it is what it is. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking in my head, like maybe this is what the intro was, but I was genuinely confused at how long it took for the first song to come on also because i was like you know musicals usually any type of musical yeah. like mixed format starts with a song that explains the whole thing which i guess was what debrat was doing but i was like the carmen song was very later into the, the like it was like the second or third scene so i was like that this is off but you're right like they squeeze all the music in and then we're like yeah like we gotta we gotta fit, get through this guys we don't have enough time there's more you know tired commercials <laughs> right like 2001 mtv they would have had to squeeze in quite a few commercials so i'm wondering if that's a product of that mm-hmm. oh yeah absolutely the ads i can just imagine now and yeah that's a whole nother thing um so yeah we get to them going to the i guess this, i guess this is where all the cops come to hang out because that's all you pretty much see as cops in this a, a little diner or bar diner slash bar whatever but they come here to go chill and everything have drinks and stuff like that Mikhail Pfeiffer uh Hill is with his uh fiance uh what is her name does anybody remember her name uh, Ka- Kayla. Kayla with a C because I had the captions on oh Kayla yep 
Okay, so he's in there with Kaylin. Most devils want to play games or whatever. Oh, you know, trying to come on to her. And he's like, you know, stop playing with me, man. That's basically what he's saying. Just stop with all your jokes and stuff. And he's like, oh, when's the big day? So they are planning on getting married. Um, Can I ask you a question, y'all, a question about the bar? Sure. So this movie occurred in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Right. And there's just these mild-mannered cops getting a beer or two, and it's a mix. There's black and white cops in this black bar. I'm just like, what is this drinking hole? This is not – it didn't feel right at all. It literally – I was like, what? I was like, this is has to be LA because there's no, there is no regional feel. I don't think that black and white cops hang out. I really don't. <laughs> I don't think it's like this mixture like that. Um, and I was just confused by like, if you really, if you go back and look at that initial scene, if you just watch the extras, it's just like white cops in their full uniform, just like, like mouthing words in the background, just like posing. And I'm just like, this does not, y'all didn't give me a cop bar feel there wasn't enough sadness and depression and oh my goodness violence in the air you know it was not realistic that's that early 2000s mtv budget like i feel like they definitely reused some sets from like undressed from 99 and just used a bunch of extras that they had around you know what i'm going to i can't believe this i'm going to champion this movie right now Around that time when they would do movies, I think it, you know, that's why I say I think this is like a a cops only bar. Like, you just can't come in there no average Joe and be like, oh, you know, I'm coming to get a drink. They all look at you like, what? Get out of here. Right. Who are you? So I, I'm, I'm going to set the scene for this and y'all got to really help me. All right. So we're in this bar. Like I said, they're going through this whole thing with. The song and dance with the most deaf and Makai Pfeiffer, like, you know, I'm getting engaged. We're getting married. And he's like, oh, you know, got to make sure I know when the day is so you don't, I don't have you working, basically. Cracking jokes, and she kind of laughing at him or whatever, but it's kind of like that thing of, get out of here, most deaf. So finally he leaves. And enter Carmen. Before I even say anything about this scene and what's going on, this movie... gives us the impression... Everybody knows Carmen. You don't know who Carmen is? Oh, we all know Carmen. So if that's the idea, shouldn't Hill's character already know? Like, like he acts like this is the first time he's seen her. But if you listen to her lyrics, if you hear people talk, oh, that's Carmen. We know about her. Oh, you messed up my bar before, Carmen. This time I'm pressing charges. Wait a minute, what? wait a minute, what is my exact sentiment? I said, she's coming to this all-cop bar multiple times in Brawl. How about another thing? She's coming in in a cocktail gown? That's to a, the cop bar? <laughs> that's an interesting choice, I will say. This was a this was a Valentino red carpet gown. Like, it has a plunge a plunge chest like it, it's so gorgeous and she brought that into the cop the the $45,000 a year cop bar what are you what are you getting at? and I'm like it just hit me is she a sex worker <laughs> I'm just like wait a minute is no. that the implication what they established and I had to catch this on had to catch this too she said it in one of her lyrics or somebody said she's just a free spirit that's okay. it She's a free spirit. She doesn't want to be held down by anybody or do anything at this point in her life. She don't want, you know, she wants to have fun. But my issue is 
she should have been introduced like nobody knows who you are. Then it would have worked. All this, all right, Carmen, I'm pressing charges. Oh, I know. You know, it's like everybody familiar with her, but if she's so familiar, you telling me she's been in that bar that many times, and that was the first time that uh, Hill saw her? Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Because isn't the owner of the bar also Kayla's father? Yes. Like, Which, that's your fiance's father's bar. So you should know who is coming in and out of there. I'm sure he spends a lot of time there. Which it can't be the first time you saw her. They had no interaction. Father, father and daughter had no interaction at all working together. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm stuck on this. I'm pretty sure she's a sex worker. Like, all the, no! signs, are all the signs are there. I'm like, this no. nice apartment. No conceivable job. She's doing what she doesn't have like a temp job or a secretarial role. She can get up and move on a moment's notice. Like, no, she's somewhere that, in the vicinity. No, no, no. I'm not going to let you do this. She absolutely. It's, and it's not a bad thing. It's not a judgment. No, 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 like, no, no, no. It's okay. not. Shout out to all the people that do what they do. I have absolutely. no problem with that. But what I'm saying is, she just gets what she she gets what she wants. She said, if you listen to her lyrics, it's like she like to have fun. So if somebody happened to. Give her what a grand a night or two thousand dollars just for being in her company or whatever. She ain't gonna pass it down, but she you ain't tied what? down to nobody. Non sex escorting is still sex work. Oh my goodness! I'm, t- <laughs> I'm telling you, she's a she's a hero because look at her lifestyle. Like I'm I'm not saying I don't envy her. I'm also saying she's at fault throughout this whole movie. But I I do like her lifestyle is to be like lauded like this girl can change and do a whole full hair makeup everything new shoes thing in two minutes like she's an icon you know what I mean but yeah there's no conceivable career come on and also I mean I think my biggest thing is she clearly so she's not attracted to Miller but he's the only cop in that bar with money so what is she doing there okay good question going to answer that in one second one thing I need to know is because I just saw it from the, the my TV. I got it playing in the background. Fred the Hammer Williamson, old ass, does not need to be looking at Beyonce like that. Sorry, I know it's acting, and yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever, whatever. The girl's nineteen years old. He like a horn dog. Like, oh yeah, if I was a little bit younger, stop it, and knock it off, movie. Don't be so disgusting. But anyway, yeah. Beyonce's amazing in that she looked that age until she looked 30 or 35 and that's it she has two ages because she always looked that age to me in my memory and then now she looks the way she looks now like I only think of her in two phases so um, not to say she's like jailbait I'm not saying anything like that I'm saying that it's amazing when you tell me she's 19 because I did not realize that yes she's so young She's 19, and around this time that the movie happened, rumored, can't say it's true, can't say it's false, but there was talk that her and most Def were messing with each other around this time. Don't know if it's true, but that was the big... Oh, my God. If you ever look... alternate universe, the music is trash there. Yeah. Um, let's just say scenes they have together, I can see chemistry there, so... Maybe, maybe not. Or maybe they just really good at what they did. No, I'm just saying like on Earth E11 where Beyonce and most stuff are together. Beyonce is like still in a cafe somewhere doing spoken word. You know what I mean? Like oh, she's never goodness. wrote because Jay-Z is a part of her evolution. So I'm just so glad we got 
we live in the Jay-Z Beyonce world that we live in because she, yeah because I think Jay-Z is like maximize her potential that's and that's from her own words and in interviews so I'm just standing for a second to say like I'm so glad we have this Beyonce that's that's fair um <laughs> we I, don't get a we don't get a Bonnie and Clyde 03 if she's with you you know what I'm saying like we don't get it on the run part one or two if it's her and and most of no you Get what you got where most definitely Alicia Keys, him and can I get the hot chocolate with fish? Well, who combination did who does <laughs> That's what that? I'm That's what I'm saying. We get that, bro. We get we get Beyonce with cornrows, and that nobody wanted that. And that's what we don't deserve that. Well, supposedly, you know, you know, whatever. I don't know. But they do have chemistry in this movie. I think more chemistry than actually her and Makai Pfeiffer, but whatever. It seemed like they were going through the motions there. But anyway. Well, uh, like I said, we can talk about her all the time, but her introduction was just really weird. So she is kicking her bars, and the first person to shoot their shot is most deaf because he's not scared. And you see a couple of guard, uh, guard officers in there drooling about her, and one woman is like, <laughs> one woman is fed up. She ain't all that. <laughs> but rightfully, right, like in her face. <laughs> but rightfully so, she deserved that because she's like flirting with this guy. And knowing, like, yo, we here together. What are you doing? But that's Carmen. You know, she's a little stinker. <laughs> and she, she definitely does. entered the building with purpose. Like, oh, that. <laughs> yes. I'm entering the building to absolutely start or to cause trouble tonight. So, yeah, her and Mostef going back far. So basically, I'm not going to do these lyrics. Basically, Mostef is pushing up. She's basically saying, I'm not into you. I'm not really into anybody in here. But she's eyeing Hill. But Hill isn't doing anything but talking to his lovely fiance. But boy, when he saw her, that was the beginning of the end. Because remember, we've established in the beginning of the movie, him talking to his uh, partner. Man, I don't I don't need women like that. I don't need fast women. I, I'm 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 a good guy. I got my fiance, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm good. But now he took one look at Carmen and it's like, oh, you know, I'm here with my girl. I don't know what to do. I'm looking at you, I'm looking at her. She get pissed off and walks away. Uh I'm just gonna say it. Carmen should have got her ass beat. I'm just gonna say it. Somebody else came and answered that call two seconds later. Yeah, I just think somebody should have jumped on her earlier than that. Maybe Hill's fiance. Maybe she was just too passive about it. She just like walked away in disgust. Oh, I can't believe you looked at her. The wildest yeah, like, thing in like the wildest part of this movie for me is that I'm supposed to think that Reagan Gomez Preston is somehow the consolation prize. Right. Right. She's cool. Like he says, she's not hot like you. No, how? No, no, no. How about I'll add to that. So they walk away from this interaction and she's mad. And he goes, what's the problem? And she goes, the cop thing. And I said, wait, what? What? (laughs) That's the issue at end. That's the problem? That's the issue? Not this beautiful woman, uh, me and her were making googly eyes with each other? No, it's the cop thing. This seems like a conversation that should have been had before we got engaged. Just going to say it. Like I mean, absolutely. Like she's saying, she's saying she's just so worried about him dying in the streets, and I'm like, baby, you work at a cop, you're a part of the culture. Like I, I'm just confused about 
like she probably met him in the bar and then it's confused that he's still a cop and it's like baby you found him how you gonna lose him you know if this was 2021 somebody would say hey we need to fill this movie out more with Feel out the characters, flush out these characters a little bit more, and you know who character would be number one? Hers, because she makes choices that you just like, huh? What? Yeah, it's very, it's giving very like. I know that. I I think the problem is Beyonce wasn't Beyonce yet, so when you look at this movie taking her ultimate star power away and she's just some chick, that really is chilling to re- to look at the movie like that. Because I was thinking back to, this is just some chick. This is just some girl who sings really good at this point. Um, and so I'm like, it does not make any sense for her to forfeit her man like that. It doesn't make any sense. I'm really sorry to say this. It doesn't make any sense that Carmen is turning heads like that. It just doesn't. She's just a ch- like every woman in this movie is gorgeous so I'm like to spotlight Beyonce was really interesting because she was also the most fair-skinned woman in the movie and so it was like that really well besides the breath and that really bothered me um because I did feel like it was based on this idea of Beyonce being a star which is fair and obviously today Beyonce's earned any you know, turning ahead when she walks in a room, but it just felt very contrived to me. And I feel weird saying that because obviously Beyonce is Beyonce, but that's how it felt taking that future knowledge out the way. Am I over, am I like overthinking it? No, I can see that. Like this was more of a beginning vehicle for Beyonce. It wasn't, you know, the Beyonce we know now who is this worldwide megastar. It was like early Destiny's Child Beyonce who, you know, she was just like cute girl with a nice voice, but we didn't really know who she was yet. So it feels weird to have her yeah, this character. Like every man in every crowded place only sees her. Like I'm like, ah, she cute. I mean, it's the, it's, damn it, it's the dress. <laughs> it, it was <laughs> In that bar that was four feet by four feet, the dress they says, but in the club for the big rappers oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. the world for the Jay-Z of the of this movie to see only her, despite I'm jumping ahead, but her friend who actually had a crush on him, her friend was like so happy to just give it up. I'm like, girl, if I'm telling you this is my celebrity crush and he chooses you, you better keep me there for the three. Like, we better have the whole three part conversation. Like, their friends were so like, we're used to this. Just talk to her, and I'm like, this is weird. I, you know what? For the um, Beyonce thing that y'all said, I didn't even pay attention to that because as you as you two were talking, I looked it up, and yes, Austin Powers. She was bigger when Austin Powers came out. She that bubble has started to mm-hmm. not bust yet, but it was like it's bubbling, like bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. So she was bigger then. So yeah, I can see, I can absolutely see what you guys talking about with that. Yeah, this is the last thing I'll say about B. This like just off the beaten path. So I loved her in Goldmember, but I also just loved Goldmember, and I loved Foxy. Like I loved, I loved the Afro. I loved her. But I will tell you something that we learned from this movie, from Austin Powers, from Etta. Uh, from Cadillac Records is that Beyonce cannot act well, and I and I I say that at a low decibel because I'm okay if if it's not heard loudly. She's not good at this, <laughs> so I'm just like, I think that's just the funniest part of it is I'm just like, yo, I, it just kept confirming to me like she shouldn't. 
I'm not gonna go that far. I'm just gonna say this was uh, this this choice was a crazy casting decision. It was actually not okay. I'm gonna cut my mic off. I'm sorry. I'll say <laughs> it. I'll say <laughs> it. I don't care. I'm too old to be worried about her fandom <laughs> okay. anyway. Like I'll take it. Like she is so so talented at so many things, but acting is not one of them. It's just not. Like when she got mad, when she gets mad, she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, Beyonce, that's not a real emotion. <laughs> I, I, I am, anyway, sorry. I will, that's just, all I, need to say. I will leave it at this. Go and listen to myself and Shahid talk about the movie Obsession. And yes. that's everything exactly. you need to know about how, how, how I feel about Beyonce. I'm not going to get into this again about her acting. Um, but. We go move on. Um, I said earlier that Beyonce needed to get her ass whooped. Well, somebody whooping her ass now because they, well, actually, she on top of the woman beating her ass. That's a damn shame. That woman was talking that shit and she getting beat up. This disgusting ass bar floor. <sighs> okay. Biggest issue. Well, not the biggest. I got so many issues, but this is right. fun going through. <laughs> so they break up the fight and the owner is basically like, nah, I'm pressing charges. I'm tired of your shit, Carmen. Established that Carmen's been here a lot. So, yeah, there we go. But he just looks at Hill and says, Take her damn Booker. I'm off. I got plans. I don't care what you got. Go do that. Sir, I am off. Do you know do you know that do you know the word off? Do you need to look it up in the dictionary? I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on. I'm off. Ask somebody else. The way he keeps fucking with him, you would think that Hill planted drugs and the lieutenant knows. It's like, how does he have you on the hook for everything? Because he might kill you? Is that what you're saying is the reason? Like, he he's his bitch. And I'm like, what is this dynamic? And everybody knows it. Like, everybody, all the officers there see it. It's no secret how he's treating them. Like, and you did it in front of my fiance. What is wrong? You doing this in front of my my woman? We know it's beef, okay, but you ain't gotta lie. Everybody knows it's beef. Nah, you go do it. You, you uh, listen. When I'm off, I'm off. I don't know how anybody else's job work. I don't even know how a police officer job work. But I thought when you were off, you were off. But I'm off before I'm off. So. <laughs> <laughs> like I am mentally checked out. Whatever he had some drinks in them. You don't know how many. Like, do you know how many times he was there before? Uh, Miller got there, so he might have had a couple of drinks in him. Nah, I mean, I've been drinking. I can't do that. I'll get somebody else to do that. That's what I would have said. But anyway, we move on. Oh, and the woman sees her man, and they're talking. To, well, excuse me. The woman that just got beat up by Beyonce decides to punch her man. And I believe that is the same gentleman that was giving Eddie Kane drugs in the five heartbeats. Yeah, I'm absolutely sure that's who it was. Don't know how he got this role. But if you ever look at Five Heartbeats, yeah, that's the dude that was giving this man. Uh, <laughs> the Black Cinematic Universe is so small. <laughs> I believe that's him. I'm almost sure. So uh, Hill is basically taking um, Carmen to jail. He's saying, you know, come on, be still, whatever, whatever. And then she's just trying to flirt with him. Like, what's your name? And this, oh, this is cringy. This whole scene lasted mm-hmm. way too long it was way too cringy for me because basically she's trying to talk her way out of not going to jail so at this point 
I'm confused on does she really have an attraction to him or is she just trying to get out of jail at this point? I think she has an attraction to him because it started before the brawl and before her getting arrested. But I'm also very confused about why it's like I think she wants him because he's the only one who doesn't want her. Right. And she wants him in a way that is like, you know, I'm not trying to over clarify, over classify this, but like it is very much bordering on. He told you, no, lady, like, leave, leave this man. Yes. Alone. Like, he said no so many times. And that's why I said it got cringy yet. Because mm-hmm. it's like now when somebody says, no, you're absolutely supposed to listen. There's no, not supposed to be any more. But she just, she gave the pressure going. The pressure was on. And I was just like, oh, okay, this is a, this was a hell of a choice. But so many directors and films made that choice back then. I'm not going to beat this movie up for it. But yeah, choices were made then. Um, so... <laughs> They're rapping inside the car, and she's basically like, she's realizing, oh, I'm really going to jail. So she's like, oh, can you um, <laughs> take me home so I can take this ring that my grandmother or mother? I think it was the grandmother. Mm-hmm. This my grandmother gave me. The, you know, if I go to if I go to jail, I probably won't see it again. And you and I both know that. <sighs> And she whispers. He's like, no. And she just whispers, keeps, keeps whispering, please, in his ear. And finally, he's like, okay. Word, dog. That's all it took. The very first mistake. Word. You buy the book in all these other ways. But, like, my guy, take the ring and say, I'll keep it in my car. You have my word. When you get out of jail, you can have your ring back. I'll watch it. That's all he had to do. Hey. And take her straight to booking. Now, what, what, and what did that tell you, like, 10 minutes ago? He he'll got everything he deserved because he's a dummy. All you had to do was do your job, boy. Just take her yeah. to jail. I would have more sympathy for him if he didn't actually go like straight to jail, did not collect $200 for booking that child. Like he showed <laughs> that he books people if they get arrested. So I'm like, what is happening here, bro? I'm sure that child had homework on him. He could have went home and kicked it or a hug. He could have given his mother, but you didn't give him that benefit. So it's just the weirdest shit ever. But yeah, so that's his first mistake is how I plot it. <sighs> How long did that boy get booked for? Because he went to jail. He was still there. He got a bu- possession as an adult. And why is he in the same prison with all these adults? <laughs> and, and how did you make the pre get there? <laughs> right? Like, I thought we were supposed to be 50 50. I guess that didn't work out for so long. Oh and Jermaine Dupree's not complaining. He's not like like that. Another another spinoff I want to see is him saying we have a crooked cop in the Philadelphia Police Department. I've been framed. Like he's just cool. And he's just sweeping. Yeah, he's been uh, there before. Yeah, this is this is my first time. Me and Hill, we, we, I mean, me and uh, me, oh damn, what's his name, Lieutenant? Uh, whatever, no. most deaf, whatever. Y'all know who his character is. Uh, <laughs> me, me and most deaf <laughs> always go through this. Uh, it just you know love hate thing. He'll be back and need some money, and I can go get it for him. Lol, pretty much. Um, so <laughs> we're going to the all right. We we are at Carmen's crib. I got to tell you something for a character. We don't know too much about at this point, as far as uh, what she do, Well, she's an inspiring uh, actress. She got a nice crib. I didn't really pay attention to that at first until now. This crib is pretty nice. I already nice. explained it to you, Jeff. So you yeah. can either hear me. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can't ignore it. <laughs> because I, you know what? The thing was, I guess I was, you know what this movie is? This movie's like you watching the movie, but you're not watching the movie. So this morning I'm like, okay, I'm really focusing right. on certain things. And like now I'm focusing on after you said that, I'm looking at the crib. I'm like, hmm, maybe this is our grandmother's crib. Ah, there he is. Okay. is, this that, is like, that's an interesting, interesting <laughs> thought. Yeah. Maybe this, be. maybe this is a hand-me-down crib, you know, like she like, can be here. But anyway, he's walking around the house. She goes to the back. Uh, he tells her to change her clothes, put the ring up, and let's go. This just, who does this as a, a police officer? Like, you just made so many mistakes right now. But he's walking yeah. around, reading her stuff, her plaques and stuff. I guess it's like encouraging uh, messages and inspiring inspiration quotes and stuff like that. And he kind of like, huh, okay. And then he's like, oh, you trying to be an actress? And she's like, yeah. Did you always want to be an officer? Don't worry about me. No, 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 bro. What are we not going to do? You asking me yeah. all these questions and stuff about me personally, and I just asked you, did you always want to be an officer? Don't worry about me. Like you can't, you, you either, you either in the game or you out the game because you didn't went this far. You didn't brought her. You didn't take her to jail at first. So what are you doing right now? Being mean to her or being standoffish ain't working right now. Right. Well, I mean, he's trying to keep up the whole facade of like, hurry up. You got two minutes. Let's go. Let's do this. Like he's trying to be professional, even though, again, he's broken every rule in the book. Every rule in the book. So um, he's like, come on, you got two minutes or whatever. And he's still kind of like pressing like, what's going on? Like, she's really taking a long time. So he eventually he eventually opens the door and she is there in her uh, nightwear. And you know, when I say nightwear, she's in, you know. She's ready for that action. And he is like, oh, I don't know what to do. And I can't do this. And they rap about it for her. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just feel like at this point, we all should just air out, you know, bad feelings or joy with 16 bars. Because absolutely, you can work anything out. Just kick it hard, 16. No, I feel like if this movie is an indication, then I'm just going to make stupid decisions if I do that. So, <laughs> so yeah, they go through the whole thing of she's basically saying, you know, you want me. He's like, no, I got to. Eventually he breaks down within this 16 bars. I'm feeling you, but I got a fiance. And basically, of course, y'all know what happens. He sleeps with her. But it, it, it was just the, that's where the cringe ended, but I was just actually upset because this man said no so many times. And I'm just like, so did you always want her? I'm sure he did, but I'm like, that writing is so early 2000s of like, I'm going to pretend like I don't want it, but I I gave consent in the very last second. And I'm like, this is not a good formula. It was just so crazy that he would take her home to have sex with her instead of taking her to jail. But that was that... that... See, and this gets me back to where he's supposed to be this nice guy. I'm going to believe as a, we'll say, I don't know, I guess his age in this movie, early 30s, late 20s, maybe, I don't know. Um, he believes I'm going to take this gorgeous woman home to put her ring on for her to put on some jogging pants and then I'm going to take her back. No, you've been looking at her. She's been looking at you. She's been pushing up on you aggressively and you're breaking and she knows that you're breaking. 
She absolutely knows what she's doing. And he's kind of like, it's basically up to him. And, you know, it was what it was because she even later on says it with her friend. She made it like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be like this with Hill. His name is Derek. Oh, okay. Now I'm starting to see where it's going. Because remember now, after they sleep with each other, and yes, they do eventually sleep with each other. When the five out, when the five o comes, she is ghost. Bruh, that's just, that's one of the parts where I said, "What in the fuck is happening?" <laughs> and so they just are in her house. They know he's there. They know to find him there. He's but like he's knocked the fuck out with no, with almost no clothes on. <laughs> And so, like, she put it on you like that where you fell asleep at the perp's crib? He fell asleep on her couch. That was a couch, right? That wasn't the bedroom. Right. And yeah, she's gonzo. See, again, did she... Re- was she looking for a moment? I believe she was looking for a moment. I believe that's all that was. She didn't realize... Right. you looking for a moment and you left him at your house. <laughs> Like, right. no, 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 no. More and more, I think about it. Carver, Carver was, no, Carver was sneaky. She was sneaky. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, where did she go? And did she, did she leave like right after, you know, that night of passion? Did she leave right after when he fell asleep? Or did she leave when she heard the cops uh, coming in? We don't know. We just know she ghosted. And he never asked that question. He never said, where did you go? Did you know the cops were coming? Why didn't you wake me up? I just created a fan fiction where she's at the coffee shop across the street with binoculars <laughs> and she calls it in. <laughs> you he had to be drinking at the bar because how are you knocked out like this? Yeah, he is like, oh, what's going on? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> but, you know, in the alternate universe, uh, you know, an alternate universe movie is where her and most definitely laughing with money in their hand. <laughs> we got him. So, oh, absolutely. I think you muted your mic again. My bad. I was just <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I think that yeah, that's weird. And this is this movie's gonna keep doing plot jumps where you're like, wait, what? And then it just keeps going and sinking. So you're like, I can't even spend time figuring out what just ha- like like Jermaine Dupree being in the in the prison that kind of stuff. Like where you just say, okay, fuck. Like eventually, just the movie beats you down and you go, okay, fine. It doesn't make sense. I'll keep I'll keep watching. Yeah. So this is like the first introduction of that. And they arrest this nigga, and he says, <laughs> what are the charges? And he says, uh. Aiden at a betting of felon or whatever. First of all, she never got booked. <laughs> so it's like, there's no, she's not literally, like, it, 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 he's acting like she's a fugitive of the state. She's not. Um, he says, I don't know, impersonating an officer, drinking, one he just lists off all these offenses and it's like, go wait, for it. Wait, and arrest him. Wait. He said, bad haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, politics, whatever, man. Just to book him. I was like, bad, bad haircut. What? <laughs> he literally lists anything, and then it's like, just and the other cops are oh. like, bad. And I'm like, are you? Is this the kingpin of Philadelphia? Oh my like, goodness. 
everyone does everything Mostaf says and nobody questions it. I, I, I promise you, I believe he he just he winged that. He's like, you know, I'm just gonna throw that in there. Bad haircut, whatever, man. <laughs> just, just book him. And he's looking around. He said, Oh no, I, then he was like, Oh, I know somebody you will listen to. You brought you brought my fiance here for what reason? This is why I feel like it was a setup from the beginning and Carmen was probably in on it. Because how? <laughs> oh, wait, that actually tracks. That doesn't make sense. Like, why would you bring my... I'm, tell... I'm telling you, if Robert Townsend had 30 more minutes, <laughs> most ever heard would have been <laughs> laughing away. <laughs> we got away with it, didn't we, baby? Yep. Because this is insane. I... Oh, wait a minute, y'all. This actually tracks. Because when you think about the very last scene... Okay, it tracks. We're going to hold on to this this theory. And I realized the fun part about movies that don't make sense is you can create, you can fill in the blanks in a way that makes the movie better. So in this movie, I do love this idea that they were plotting this the whole time because it is the only thing that makes sense. Because Mackay Pfeiffer is in jail the next scene. He's in jail, jail. Like, been on the bus, booked, shaved, bent over and examined. Like, he's in a cell chilling and his cellmate is about <laughs> the boy that he arrested un- unprovoked it's a man and- okay <laughs> we just go ignore he took a time jump like what jail are you in you where's uh malcolm clark duncan at? this green man what the fuck am i at when was arraignment? My God, arraignment. And what were the chart? So then Bow Wow was there acting like the, the sage barber being like, oh, lady troubles. Like, as he's like, white <laughs> shining something in the cell. I'm like, you're 12. Why aren't you in juvie? Thank you. Thank you. Why is your young ass locked up with hardened criminals? I'm going to say something crazy, guys. Go for it. Bow Wow is the rap Britney Spears. Because this man's childhood was stolen from him. He never had the chance to be a non-sexualized kid just playing basketball. He always had to be like with the grown men, talking about women, rapping about like he never got to just be a kid because he literally kept Makai kept saying, What do you know about it? He's like, I know about it. I'm like, I wish you didn't. I wish you just only knew about PlayStation. You know what I mean? Like, I wish you were just a child. Like, I feel for him. Because even though he made all that money, like, he was, he just grew up so fast in front of us. And at the time, it seemed cool. And now I just am sad for him. You know what? That's that's fair to say, I think. I think that's a fair conversation to have. Because just seeing certain things now, uh, yeah, I can see that. And it's hard when you are, because, like, he's one of those child actors and entertainers that kind of, like, it didn't fade out like when he was a child. You know, he still was kind of hot, like, as he got older. Now, eventually it faded out, but, you know, it lasted a lot longer than it would for any other child. Right, it faded out in music, but then he was an actor. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, much it, better actor than Beyonce, by the way. And then he faded out after, like, a long run. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you, sorry. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's fair. Because he was, they always, it seemed like the only, ch- well, I remember, like, Mike, that was, you know, that was kind of like him, but he was yep. so, you know, that's it, probably was so weird for him to do that because I've been around all these people and adults and I've seen all this and seen that. Now you want me to do a Like Mike movie? Okay, I guess. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of fair to have. 
Like, cause you he know, has so many things. Yep. I always hear about how what they did or what. Yeah, I will say what they did to Usher when Usher was young. So yeah, I I can understand that totally. So um, a man uh, because in jail, he, he's 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 beat up and like you said, <laughs> you got somebody <laughs> they're going hell. I'm like I'm not sure what that's supposed to be Because if you're trying to intimidate me Man stop it or I'm gonna beat you up I'm seriously Like it's not scary or nothing It was just like somebody just saying his name I'm like okay I guess I get it (laughs) But it would have been better if you had like Three or four guys Oh, we gonna get you Hill I mean which you do have that one guy But initially it was just like Oh officer Hill here All right. Y'all announcing me, but ain't nothing really going to happen. Yeah, it's not like Detective Stabler got arrested and all these perps for 20 years get to get it. Like, he just, he's obviously a couple years in, he's a rookie cop. So it was like, again, it was just like a little trope of like, oh, a cop in jail, this should be tough. And it, they're literally like, there was one squabble. Like, it was not that deep. Not at all. Um, so we have Beyonce with her friends. Um, and we have our introduction to Raw Digger, where I really got excited for I don't know why. I was like, oh, Raw Digger in here. And I know I saw it at the beginning. And I was just like, oh, she's in this. This is great. Because um, I was a big fan of her musically, or music career. So I just thought she was so great. But it was a time where certain people wouldn't get pushed. And I'm not even going to get right. into all that. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, Raw deserves. But they had a cute little thing where she kept being like, I hope I get to be a recording artist. I'm like, oh, y'all are cute. Yeah, they needed to stop that. That was making me mad. I said, stop beating me up. Beat us over there. We know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know what she going to end up doing. Uh, so, yeah, they're sitting there and they're. I don't even know what they're talking about. Are they doing? Are they doing yeah, they're doing the um, tarot reading cards. Uh, which somebody almost got me to do that, and I got really scared. I was like, "No, I don't want to do that." So the role of tarot in this is so interesting because I know as a kid I was probably like, "What's that?" And now, like as somebody who's like dabbles in it, I'm like, "Bruh, this is so incorrect." <laughs> like the way that they, you don't. I guess you can, but you don't just like flip a card and say, what's the word on that card? Oh, boom. Literal translation. That's it. You, you got the star card. You are going to be a star. Like that's absolutely not how it works. And so like, I was excited that they had like black girls doing tarot, but it was such a rudiment, rudimentary translation of it. That I was disappointed. But yeah, like I would say, Jeff, like, don't be scared of it unless you're like super duper, like religious because no one should be scared of it, but I understand if you like have all these connotations of it, but it's really just like something to help people like uh, translate messages. I feel like they're receiving to the ancestors. So for them to use it this way was really like, come on guys, like we can do this better. Super interesting because y'all never saw, you never really kind of saw that in any time of like a black movie and don't go into it. This is a black movie. Well, I think the one thing I would say about the, um, the translation of it from being a musical or opera is that I think that Carmen in the opera, when I looked it up, was supposed to be a gypsy. So like there's this idea of like fortune telling and the cards not lying. So I felt like maybe that's what pulled it in, but they didn't explore it well. So yeah, they read, she reads the cards for them or whatever. And they're like, Oh, you coming out with us tonight? She like, nah, I'm staying in girls. Why? Because of dirt. Well, shit. We got his first name now. So she they on a first name basis and they writing letters. So 
cool, Carmen. You writing me a letter, and you know I'm in locked up, but I'm gonna write you back. So hey, after that passion and love making we had, where the fuck did you go? I just want to ask this question before we get this pin pile thing going, because I'm locked up in here. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to know how things worked out the way they did. You didn't like nudge me. Wake up, wake up, cops. Nothing, nothing. You ain't set the alarm for 5 a.m. Nothing. This is my first trigger moment where I said, my nigga, you are happy to accept these letters from the girl that sent you the. She clearly because le- and then the letter she says, "I am so sorry, babe, that you're in jail, but I could do jail." And I'm like, "I'm a cop. I couldn't do jail either. Like you have me in here for days. What?" He's just and he's doing that Kyle Pfeiffer smile reading that letter. I'm like, "Good lord, he's." <sighs> man that's just gone and i don't understand it like what did she drug him like what happened <laughs> oh my god it doesn't make any sense i mean again her sex has to be beyond because you tell me after one night it's if you'll go to jail over this girl you lost your girl you went to jail like it's just all downhill okay one night bro. so i'm gonna speak from a man perspective when it comes to him and it's not about the sex or anything like that. It's how the movie tried to portray him. I'm a good guy. I don't need, I'm a one, you know, I'm a one guy girl. I don't, I don't need to have other women on me. I don't need those fast women. There are absolutely a lot of men out there that do, do the, exactly what he's doing. And what it is, is he's lying to himself. He's absolutely Painting a picture that's not really him. When we get to the second half of the movie, that's him. He wanted to seem like the good guy. but Because it's always easy to talk about stuff. You know how people say, oh, oh, I can do this and I can do that. But when it's time to show some action, nothing really happens or they, or they let you down. Whatever it may be. That's exactly who he was. He wanted to seem like, oh, no, you know, I don't need the clubs. I don't need that and all this. I got my girl. That's all I need. One glance from a woman that apparently he was the only person that didn't know about her. But you're a sergeant here, so that means you moved up, hopefully. So you've been here for a while in Philly. And now your nose is wide open. You run around doing madness and dumb stuff. And now look at you. You're in jail right now. I just feel like that his character was straight bullshit. He knew what he wanted because he even said it in one of the one of the um, lyrics. He was like, oh, my girl's easy or oh, she's slow. I can't remember how he worded it, how they worded it, but basically just saying she just go with the groove. She ain't rocking the boat. You know, that's what yeah. I want. He did. He said that to Carmen at first when she was saying, you need me, you need spice. And he's like, no, I like her because she's chill. I think your theory really tracks and the and the only the only evidence I need that the real him is this like crazy maniac who doesn't listen to boundaries is that the nigga is a cop. Like he's a he's a police officer. Like they're not these are not social workers who got into the wrong line of work. Like he chose he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. And that's and, and that's not that just I just think the character they tried to build, you know, have for him didn't really gauge well because stuff just happened too fast stuff was just like if you say 
you, you know, I, I don't do this and I don't do that. And then you do the right opposite 20 minutes later. Granted, it is a movie. Mm-hmm. We should have just had some build up to it. Not just a look, a look and a please, please. And come on, you know, you want this. Oh, OK. So all that shit you said in the opening was just bullshit because the same thing you said you didn't want is what you grinning in jail about. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Yeah, so we'll uh, just move it. Him, what was it? Him and Bow Wow? No, yeah, him and Bow Wow rapping back and forth because I guess Bow Wow's is his man's now in jail, so they just like to talk about women. And Bow Wow is thirteen. Yeah, that whole prison sequence is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just rapping. Where did he get a basketball from? Oh my God, I never knew this day. He was walking Wait, that up. <laughs> Jesus. He's walking around with a fucking basketball. All right. So, yeah, now JD's in on it. They rapping like they just going back and forth, just talking about Carmen or whatever. Basically, he gets to a point where they're outside lifting weights and stuff like that. And you see this guy behind him. And I guess it's supposed to be like they got beef. Because you see him pointing at each other, and you see that Hill points at him like, yeah, I see you or whatever and stuff like that. But he goes back rapping, you know, to say, yeah, when I get out, I'm going to make a kitten purr. I was like, whoa, I didn't need to hear that line, but you really. <laughs> that was the first realistic thing. I'm like, yeah, that would be what all you could think about coming out of jail. I was like, okay, some realism in this script. True, but uh, he's 13, brother. Relax. Yeah, he doesn't need to be Yeah, like, he, right, I'm correct. sure he got questions. He just ain't asking them. But anyway, so the guy that they was pointing at and came behind and started a fight or uh, <laughs> a scrum, <laughs> I don't know what you call it, a slap box. I don't know what they a were doing. Scuffle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, they start pushing to hold each other. They take Hill away. So... Because that's his man's Bow Wow is ready to fight. And when I say the camera lingered too long on this scene, boy, did it. Because Bow Wow's like, come on, man, what's up? What's up? And he got some dude holding him back, and then he acting like he big. So apparently Bow Wow was having fun with this little part, and he just kept the cameras going, which sometimes you never should do. Yeah, this is a scene for your mother. This is the part where your mom goes, oh, my God, this is so funny, because it's just a little, a small guy wanting to scrap. And I was just like, oh, the 2000s. Oh, what a time. So we, okay, this is my first, um, well, no, this is my second problem. Now I don't know how time moves in this movie. Absolutely. Time has no meaning or anything. I don't know how time is moving now. Because we are thrown into <laughs> to Beyonce and the girls in the club. Man, we just heard her say she wasn't going out with them. And she was writing a letter to Hill. So we don't know how much time has passed. We don't even know how long Hill had to be in jail. We just know they're in the club now, chilling. Having the girls like, nothing wrong with that. Um, and most deaf sees her in the club and she's like, oh, that's that officer that got me arrested or whatever. Most of us basically saying stuff like, oh, you know, it, it, was, it wasn't personal. It was just business, you know, whatever, whatever. And I was just like, no, you, you clearly cold-cocked somebody. I, what do you thought I was supposed to do? And right. It's like I did my job, and that's basically what he's saying. But he gets to the hill part where she's like, oh, you locked up hill. Though. That was, was that business or personal? And he's like, yeah, that was personal or whatever. It was personal. And see, let me tell you something. This is the worst 
worst type of man in the world because he's hating on hating on another man because what he wanted he couldn't get. So let me find a way to hate on him. Oh, he's just the worst, worst character ever. The way he plays it too just had me like, uh huh. I've met a couple of guys like you before. I know how y'all get down. That's fair. It's also confusing because this is clearly business because I thought the feud was at this man. Like, it's like he forgot that the man could accuse him of like lying and cheating on the job. So all of a sudden it's about this girl when I thought it was about the drugs. But the I do agree with you. Like, that's the worst type of guy. But I'm now thinking my theory about him being a kingpin is correct because why is he in everywhere? He's at every bar, every club. Like, he's <laughs> wherever he needs to be at any time and i'm like this nigga is not doing anything he's none and he's a lieutenant like he's not even like a captain or anything like you're a lieutenant how do you have this power how do you get this time brother don't you got like a 12 hour shift sometimes what 16 what you doing ah, i'm just hanging well, we out clubs. we forgot to mention he dresses like most stuff the whole movie so there's oh. no the way that you know he's crooked is him and his his guy wear street clothes everywhere they go oh well you know <laughs> like, that 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 was the that was the whole training day thing you know how alonzo was dressing in there you know we get to dress like we want we could dress we don't have absolutely. to dress and i'm pretty sure they showed him some clothes and he's like no nah, i'm not wearing that <laughs> <laughs> i'll bring my old clothes to the set so we are now introduced to the man of the hour the b the l the a the z the e and he repeatedly keeps saying this, and I wanted to turn it off again. <laughs> let's, talk about this, let's talk about this entrance. Oh, like I told y'all in the beginning, he is he is he is this Drake. He's Drake in this universe. He's absolutely Drake. Everybody wants him. He's probably I guess the best lyricist, the best artist going out right like right now. Women just love him, taking pictures, whatever, whatever. But yeah, I'll let y'all take it away about Blaze. Because <laughs> y'all thought Beyonce was bad. Oof. <laughs> she, she got a challenger in this movie. All I want to say real quick is that when he when we first see him, he's with an entourage of like eight people. So they go, B to the L to the A-Z is Blaze. And then one person walks out and I go, wait, is Blaze a woman? And then she passes. And another guy, I'm like, is that Blaze? He passes. And Blaze, the fifth person in line is Blaze. And I'm like, how is it supposed to know who the star is if you introduce him in a parade of people? It was so weird. And then I had to pause and be like, who is this man? And I guess he was an up and coming rapper back then. But it's like they literally they they overshot by like Blaze could have been any actually like good big rapper of the time, and this movie would have really like, like stood the test of time. But it was like this is the only person who I literally don't know um, that was supposed to be like this big giant star. What did you think about it, Shira? Yeah, it was a little weird that they chose because like the only thing I know him from other than this was like being the DJ on In Living Color. So I'm like, why did you choose of all the people you could have chosen to play a really famous rapper? Why him? Wait. It was just a weird choice. That was after Sean? After Sean Wayans? Or before? He was, I want to say he was, it was like the the early 90s when he was the DJ. 
It might have been before Sean. Bobby, I think it's before. Yeah, that's where yeah, I remember him from. Random, yeah. Oh, Robert Townsend. There you go. Now we know. Robert Townsend casted this man. Yeah, I think it was before Sean. It, and it wasn't that long. It was like maybe two, three years. And then Sean took over. I knew his face was familiar. I just didn't even look it up. I was being lazy. I should add. But yeah, that tells me a, a lot more. Now. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you were just a DJ for a living color. You just had like a couple of just pointed the camera <laughs> and played okay. a fly girl music. I actually feel better to know that the Waynes are like six degrees separated from this production. But um, yeah, he wasn't, he was fine. He was cute. And so that's kind of my big thing. The heartthrob, like main entertainment guy in the movie needs to be cute. And he was, so that, that consoled me. Um, but I actually want to tell y'all my other theory for this movie. This film would have been so much better if it was flipped and Beyonce was the star and the main actor like was maybe a man, maybe a woman, but it's just like, I would have liked it better if the, if it was a different dynamic of like, and I don't even care about like the mix of like heterosexual by like whatever, but I just feel like it would have made more sense for like an actual singer to play that role. Maybe not, but in my mind, Beyonce doing it, there's a guy in the middle who like is being torn between these different things. Like that would have been more compelling to me because the way that they wrote it just didn't feel, it was just too, it, I don't know. It, I, I was just throwing that out there as like a, another alternate universe. I absolutely get what you're saying. And it would have gave chance, it would have gave Beyonce the chance to get some acting in, but it would also had had her in the background as well, which she wouldn't have to do any. She had to do, she was supposed to do a lot of big lifting that she couldn't do at the time. So, like I said before, everything that she was doing at this time, it was just charisma. It was charisma, right. and it was just like, you know, I know it's something there. I haven't found it yet, but she just pops. When she, you know, when the camera hits her, she pops. So they just, you know, put her in that role. But I definitely, yeah, I think that would have worked even better if they would have switched it. Like if she was the big, like main stuff playing like Blaze part or whoever it would have been. I definitely think it would have worked out a whole lot yeah, different I just, better. I just think they could have explored things if the gender roles were different and if it was just like a different relationship dynamic. Because like you said, it left, you know, K- Kayla looking crazy. Like it, it just was, it just felt so, it was like using all these terrible stereotypes and we were just expected to believe them. So I was just throwing it out there. Yeah, that's, I definitely get that. Um, so basically they're in the club. It blazes there, and he sees Beyonce, and yeah. What you expect to happen happens. Beyonce's kind of checking him out, but he's definitely checking her out. And, you know, he approaches her, and he's trying to kick it to her or whatever, and she basically says, you know, I got a man. I got somebody I'm waiting for. Um, And he's a little disappointed, but he's still like, hey, here's my number or whatever. If you ever need to get put on, call me. And she's like, nah, what's the strings? Because something always come with strings. And he's like, nah, I don't want nothing from you. Just like, if whatever you get to L.A., when you get out there, just hit me up. And, you know, I'll, I'll hook you up. So she's kind of like, oh, okay, thanks, you know. You know, it's kind of like that thing of, I guess, but I'm not really feeling, you know, I'm not really paying attention to you right now. Like, thanks, but no thanks. Well, I'm sorry. Don't miss the detail of after all that. He goes, actually, you know what? Just hop on the jet with me right now. Like, let's go to L.A. immediately. 
And she goes, I don't know, we can't do that. And then the assistant comes up and goes, or the manager comes up and goes, hey, we need to leave right now. The wheels are already up. The run, the jet is gassed up. We have to leave this club at this second. And I'm just like, this frantic nature is, I guess Drake would be the only person I can see this making sense for. Cause it's like, he, he invites her as if she just can get up and go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> This scene is just what kind of weird ass setup do you have that you just collect random women out of a club and take them to LA? So, <laughs> what is going on? So, girlfriends come running to the house. Hey, girl, we going to LA. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, Blaze had told us he's going to take us to LA and whatever, whatever. And I'm like, this is weird. This is really weird. So, it definitely feels Drake because I, in my heart, I know Drake does this. He finds the most random girl in the club and then takes her home. She's usually, you know, not black. And then he wants to marry her. That's what we've seen in Drake's history. But I'm also getting a weird, now that you guys are talking about it more, I'm getting this weird, like he's collecting women, like a certain someone who's been muted. Oh, and that goodness. doesn't feel great. But he never actually does anything creepy. He actually is very sweet. But I'm like, this premise is how so many women became brainwashed by a certain huge artist because he would be like, I'll make your dreams come true. It's nothing to me. And they would go and it would be good at first. And then it would. So I'm like, again, another spinoff I want to see is the dark underside of being a part of Blaze's harem. All right. Sweet is sweet. I, I get that. Nothing wrong with that. But because the women that I want, that I'm fiending for, that I have an attraction for, has a man, she can't go. I'm going to take her friends. And what it felt like to me, and we'll get there, he took them to L.A., and he's taking care of them. What? Because that's what I'm saying. We get to the point where they like, um, we they're saying, "Come on, girl, we going to L.A." And she's like, "I can't go. Like, I'm waiting for here." And she's like, "All right, give me two weeks and I'll be there. Give me two weeks and I'll be there." And they're like, "Okay." They hug and stuff like that. And these girls are gone, like, because like this is what they want to do. Like, Raw Digger wants to be a star, and the other the other woman wants to, you know, be with her crush or just be out in L.A. with her friend. But we should really point point that out. The other woman wanted to be with Blaze. She thought Blaze was her crush, so I'm like, the fact that her friend just steps aside like that, it's very unusual. All right. So they have this very touching scene, I guess, you know, whatever. But you know what messes this whole thing up? They go into a song, and it's the most annoying song, I think, annoying whole little rap or whatever (laughs) in the whole movie because it's just about, you know – I don't know. Just <laughs> I'm just like, this didn't need to be here. You could have had a clean break. And it's like, no, you know, I'll be there Wait, with you. You talking about the song with the three friends? Yeah. Oh, I lived for this random ass music oh video. God. The psychedelic 90s, like all that intro that they put in the middle of the movie for no fucking reason. They absolutely went on Google and just found everything roscoe chickens ah, what like all right we get it you going to la you don't have to do this and then he did get kind of trippy because i'm like yeah, oh saying, 
like in like groovy glasses. It was so stupid. I'm like, are they trying? I absolutely think this is like them saying, okay, you know, I know y'all know weed is okay out there, right? So yeah, you know, drugs and stuff. That's L.A. And I'm just like, oh, good lord, it's a better way I, of doing this. But Sarah, I get it. Did you notice? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. My bad. I was just saying, did you notice her hair throughout this film? Who Beyonce? Yeah, she had zillions. Beyonce used to do this oh, the little line. like half mm-hmm. micro braids. Yeah, yeah, she had micro braids that were like two inches braided, and then the rest was just out. Which how that is different from just getting a sew in, I do not know. I'm not clear. And the way that her hair would be styled every day was like, I was like, girl, this is the most expensive feed in hair I've ever seen. Cause it, it held, it held shape. It held different curls. She had, she cornrowed it at one time. She had Marilyn Monroe curls. It was, it was just amazing. And I just wanted to shout out how unrealistic her braids were in this whole film. That's all. Those had to cost so much money. It's literally like, like she ra- they raised and farmed the humans for that hair because it is crazy how how much that hair held the whole time. Which is just that's a good point though because it is so unrealistic for the character. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, Jeff. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no! You, you are fine. Because in, in the music video, she has cornrows, and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> so they're off. They have their hub. They're leaving. She said, two weeks. I'll be there again." We don't know how time works because the next scene is Hill just in her house kissing her on the forehead. And she wakes up in the most unrealistic way I've ever seen in my life. Most people are going to be like, oh, shit, or something like, oh, she's like, oh, hey, when did you get out? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> she should have swung at least once. Don't be waking me out of my sleep, babe. It's me. Oh, oh, okay. Well, damn, how you get up in here? I saw that your window was open and came in. Is that okay? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think after you know you did it. So what are you asking for now? But of course, she's happy. So I think that's all that matters at this point. And. Ooh, triggering is about to start happening. So he wakes up that morning. Yeah, this she, was a part for me. She wakes up that morning. She got him a big breakfast. She said, come here. I want to show you something. I want to show you what I did. He made the big breakfast. He get up and smile. Gave him a Kai Pfeiffer, all teeth smile. He's excited. And she just says, out the blue, we should move. And he's not thinking anything of it. He doesn't realize what's happening. He just got out. So he's like, yeah. That'd be the move. L.A., yeah, 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 we can do that or whatever. That, that'd be dope. And we should do it right now, like today. You want to do it right now? He's still thinking like, you know, this is kind of like a joking thing, like we having fun. And then he's really like listening to her like, she's like, no, let's do it today. Okay. Carmen, I don't, I, I'm going to believe the character of Carmen is a, a very smart, intelligent woman. So I don't understand her reaction when he says, I cannot do that for at least a year, <laughs> I am on probation and it forbids me, forbids me to leave Philly. I thought you loved me. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, I felt I was the angry guy from inside out. 
on this scene because I said, bitch, he went to jail because you set him up and left him in your apartment with his balls hanging out. So you can't be mad that he can't leave on a whim because of the jail time you afforded him. How do you not see that? Like what part of probation is confusing for you? They can't just leave. (laughs) They absolutely turned the character into a spoiled brat. Because she couldn't get her way. Because she wanted to leave right then and there off of things that she created. I'm not going to say it's all her fault. They both had a hand to play in. They both had, they both made choices that got them in a situation. But for her to be like, Oh, I thought you loved me. And to throw that in his face and basically just come at him like, I thought you wanted to take risk. I thought you wanted to life with me. I do, but do you understand I can't leave? What do you want me to do? We could be Bonnie and Clyde. What? So I have so I have to live on a run while I while we chase your fantasies, but I have to watch my back everywhere we go. This is what we're gonna do. This is what you want. Let's talk about how you want to be famous, which means they will be able to find me (laughs) because you don't want to go somewhere and just find another life and settle down with this protection. You want to go see your name in lights so that they like it doesn't make any sense. And I think that her overreaction to it was it felt very like women hating to me to make a female character be that unreasonable and that misunderstanding that she knows she set him up and put him in that position. It was just weird to me. I think that's the only part that actually made sense to me was <laughs> that bready behavior was there from the beginning. Mm, like from the very beginning, came into the bar like expecting to get everything she wanted, even down to like talking to Hill, knowing his girl was right beside him. So that was the only part of her behavior that actually translated from the first half to this half. Oh, okay. I see that now. I I just want to say this is the last confirmation you will ever need that this girl does not have a nine to five because the way that she left that apartment, she didn't in the lease. She didn't notify no management. She she just said, she was like, bitch, we can leave this whole oh. thing as is with the door under the mat, the key under the mat. I'm sorry. I'm so disrespectful to everybody who's listening right now. When uh, it was a random part, when she was with her girls, they said, oh, what happened with them charges? Oh, they said, I, I, I just told them I'll pay for it. So they dropped them. Word. I missed that. Word. Girl. <laughs> Do you know how many people would get out of uh trouble if they said that, oh, I'll pay for it? All right, we'll let you go. We ain't gonna mess with yeah. you. Word. <laughs> okay. I think Pfeiffer is is accountable for completely disobeying the law and not taking her to jail. However, I do know that before if they don't start the paperwork, they literally police let stuff go every day. So I'm also like, that's kind of been a yellow, a yellow line. Um, after that, it's all in her. <laughs> I'm like, everything from here on out is hard. It's it's hard for me to see how, like you said, she's a brat, but I'm like, she's really at fault. And I hate that they're writing her this way where, I, where I'm mad at her. But from here on out, I'm just like disgusted with her behavior. 
right, so they have their little argument, and he goes, okay, I'm confused, so we're going to have to work this out. Y'all got to talk me through this. He did say within that whole argument they were having, I'm barely an officer now. No, he said, I'm not a sergeant. I'm barely an officer, something like that. So did he just get knocked down just to be in back to a like regular <laughs> officer? Like I guess that's how it works. And you'd be like, bitch, you just got a different job today. Cause I was I was super confused that because I'm like, you could be on probation and still be an officer? Huh. Right, like do you get knocked down to parking attendant because yeah. you got in trouble? Like what happens? Cause he was because he said I'm barely an officer, but then the next thing he goes back to the He's you know, everybody's all the officers like hugging. Him. Hey, how you doing? Shaking his hand and stuff. So I'm like, what? You should go ahead and let go of that because <laughs> there's no there's no straight line between that logic of this career path because he literally does one day he's good with them. The next day he's literally wanted for being a crooked cop. Like it, there's no there's no narrative that you can follow behind in this. True. And again, time is a funny thing. Cause we don't know how much time has moved on from that conversation. Cause we know she didn't come in two weeks. She didn't make it with those girls in two weeks. And like she said, she was, so we don't know how much time has passed. So I'm guessing, okay, he, I'm going with the movie. I can't believe I'm doing this, but I guess he's just the officer now. So like I said, he's in there greeting everybody. And I just realized his partner is the dude from um, the Cosby show. Theo's friend. I just realized that was truly wondering. So thank you. Um, so most Def is in there <laughs> and he feel like messing with him. So he's like, uh, you know, you know, uh, everybody happy to see him back. Let's clap and clap it up and stuff. And my man's like, yo, uh, Porter's Porter's his partner. He's like, yo, he's just here to have a drink. That's all. He's like, oh, okay, whatever. So most Def is like saying little shit just to get a rise out of him and stuff about guys that do all these wild stuff for women and stuff like that. A Kaga Pfeiffer gets upset. And most Def probably in the best like wrapped whole little thing they got going on. He like, you don't like me, huh? I like me. And he goes into his whole little spiel. I think this is like the best one. But anyway, it leads to them. It leads to the conversation of basically him punching. (laughs) Yep. Squaring right off on him. And he, and and that's what most Def was doing. He was absolutely doing it on purpose because he like, well, you barely an officer now, so I can really get you out to paint with one more thing. Because he's basically saying, oh, you think you know you... He basically, most of is like, oh, you think you cool now because you got a uh, Carmen, basically. And he still feel a certain type of way that Carmen rejecting him. Oh, remember he calls her a silly hoe. Yeah. But it's funny. I'm going to tell you something. It's funny with... It's funny how men handle rejection. It's super funny. And especially to... Someone like him, he's a lieutenant, and at the time he was a sergeant. So I'm like, I'm making more bread to him. I'm like, my like, look how I dress, look how I get down. But you want him, and his ego couldn't take the fact that she wanted him. So it had to be like, well, I'm gonna put more pressure on this guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him out the paint because I just don't like him in general. Like it got beyond the whole drugs thing. It was just like, no, nah, I just don't like him because you know he got what I wanted. The truth is that they deserve each other. Him and Carmen. And then also, like you said, it's funny. I feel like it's so toxic. Like that level of like, like men who can't handle rejection, like that leads to so many bad things in life. <laughs> you know, like I just think about the, the wars that were literally fought in the past over a woman saying, no, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, 
I'm also, this just hit me. When a cop does a thing, they don't immediately get arrested. It is a big deal for cops to be in a bar drinking with each other and just put handcuffs on each other. Like we're really forgetting that like cops kill people and don't get arrested in that moment. So I'm like, there's not, I, like there at no point does IA pop up and no point is there a discussion. Like if a subordinate officer strikes a ranking officer, there's a dialogue about it. There is no arrest. Like you don't just get an assault charge up. So I'm just confused about the use of arresting like as a first response in this movie. But like, as y'all mentioned before, there is no going to IA. There is no discussing the fraud or, or the, um, the, what's it called? The corruption. I'm, it, it's just, that's such a convenient thing to just be able to arrest this nigga every time he does something wrong. <laughs> well, I think the thing was, <laughs> I think they were trying to have it like, he was already on borrowed time because of you just came out of jail and then we're going to go, you, you're doing parking tickets now. We'll just say that. So you're doing right. that now and I don't like you. So I just got to get you out to paint any way I can. And he's a lieutenant. So, and clearly people will lie for him. So he could easily say, well, Hill instigated the whole thing. It was on him, so I can. I pretty much that was the whole his character. Like he controlled pretty much everything in close proximity. Everything that was close, he could control. Right. I just still stand by the fact that like just any officer would arrest an officer on site on site. That just doesn't happen. It's just so. I, yeah, it, it probably funny. doesn't. I mean, I, I'm almost sure for uh, white officers out there that you know things like that. Oh, let's talk about it coming to office, or you know. So I guess uh, <laughs> they wanted to play it fair in this movie because, it's, you know, as fair as they could anyway. But it's like, it, this movie is just totally unfair <laughs> when you look at the characters. But uh, it happens. And most of us laughing because he got what he wanted and he's telling his partner Porter, and they go arrest him. And he like looking like, man, come on, man, chill. You go do what I say, basically. So he like he said, he liked the power. He gets off on the power. So. In the strangest thing ever, he runs home. Carmen, we gotta go. I just punched so and so. They come with you. They gonna come looking for me. Let's get out of here. So they pack their bags and they're out of there. But you know what's happening in the background as they're doing this? I'm sure. If that's true, MTV said, "Can we have the Survivor song?" Uh no, but this is what we'll do for you. You can play the instrumental and just have one of the rappers rap over. Yeah, that was a remix, the Debrat remix. I remember this that version when it came out. But yeah, it's so. Did y'all peep the luggage that they had? Oh, it was like some weekend in Bernie's luggage. Where does this grandma's <laughs> set come from? It's like where y'all going? I like that explains that was her grandma's apartment. Cause ah, there you go. See, like this luggage is. Oh, and they packed what they could. They bounced and they go into L.A. And you see all these little clips in the back of them basically traveling and they all scared. And (laughs) it's just the green screen is just absolutely funny because both of them are just yelling, Fine Hill! Fine Hill! Where's Hill at? (laughs) They take a police car and then they make it like pixelated where there's like a thousand police cars on the screen behind them. It is so stupid. The best one to, for me is when they got a, uh, it's like a, a the moon. And you just see most of them pop, pop up. 
Where's Hill? I'm like, oh my God, why is he outside screaming for Hill? What is happening right now? So finally, he even thought he was just gonna roll to California or any other state and just find this man. Right, like he's gone. Give it up. Like he is. He's he he got out of there. If you didn't get him in Philly, you're not gonna get him. So we thought, but we'll get there. So they arrive at the um <laughs> at the motel because that's absolutely what they in probably one of the shittiest hotels in L.A. As soon as they come in, bugs are from everywhere. They stomping on him. Beyonce's doing some bad screaming, especially when she saw the second one. He's, a, he's just a Hold bug, on. baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. you are very under under describing this room. <laughs> it is a crime scene. There are clothes <laughs> everywhere. There's open food. It's like this is not somebody still lives here. <laughs> and she comes in like they said they didn't clean it. No, they didn't. They didn't vacate the premises. Like the person is still there. It is the weird. It was like overkill. It was so disgusting. So he's like, oh, you know, I'm gonna go find some work in the morning and get this up out of here. Oh, buddy, y'all did not think this plan out at all. So he goes somewhere. Oh, he goes to like be. It has to be a janitor. And the guy's like, oh, you know, you minding your hard work, and no, I don't mind hard work. You know this. And he's ah, like, oh, I need your ID. Which he knew he was going to need. So he plays it off. I lost it or whatever. And the guy's like, you know, I need your ID. You got to check. I have all background checks and stuff like that. So some guy called and he's like, oh, I'll get back with you. I'll get back with you. But this is my problem with the movie. Listen here, Hill. You went to L.A. You ain't getting no paper job. You better go out there, sell some drugs. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you better see can you work under the table Private security more mow the lawns like you know stand at home depot waiting for construction pickups at, there you go you because you are no you are an officer you know how this was gonna go so don't don't play yourself but even then back back in the day like I don't know. I just was doubting. I was like, are the systems even synced up? Like, I don't necessarily think that in California, unless, like, they didn't even really have Google. I guess they did. But you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody's thinking about that. It, I feel like it actually is much easier you know, to get a job in California. Like, like I can absolutely tell you what had happened. He would have got the job, and maybe two weeks later, or I'll give him a month, they would have came back to him and said, well, we found this on your, you know, that's how that's how slow stuff used to work right. back then. Yeah, it was slower, but it was definitely synced up to the point where you couldn't go to another state and expect that they weren't going to find your records. Yeah, they would have eventually found them. Even, right. Even I remember working but, at Walmart. Yeah, I remember working at Walmart. Um, and somebody that had got hired there, they ended up letting go because they found out some stuff. Well, he worked there for about two weeks, but yeah, it is what it is. Now, oh, absolutely. <laughs> He would have walked in. I know who you are. <laughs> Get out of here. But, but imagine, yeah, oh, absolutely. But imagine, like, to clean toilets. <laughs> I just right? be like, my God, do you want to pay me $6 an hour or not? Like, what do you That's need? what I'm saying. Check what? He should have just been hanging out. Like, listen, Lowe's, Home Depot, Walmart. Um, I can do construction. I can, I can mow your grass. I can do whatever. But you ain't going nowhere where you got to sign paperwork, getting the job, and thinking things stuff going to be sweet. So that's where he's at. And now we get to an alarming part of the movie where Beyonce does her best acting, which she's supposed to be doing bad acting. 
<laughs> and I, I'll just say this. I felt a certain type of way when the, uh, I guess the casting director was like, basically, can you be more black when you say it? Whatever. I forgot what she was supposed to say at the time. I, I went past it. Um, she's like, oh, can you be more a little urban black, basically? And she's like, oh, I can do bird. I can do urban. I can do black. I can do it. Because in her mind, she's coming to be an actress. I am coming to act. So I don't think you want this. And, you know, she's going with her gut saying, well, they want this. But the role, I guess they have is for an urban, quote unquote, person. Which is kind of weird because I saw a lot of white actresses out there trying out for the role. So it was like, oh. What's happening now? But anyway, I, that was the first. I did notice that, and I felt like that was a, the first thing they did in this movie that was like a statement of like this is how hard it is out there because they acknowledge that people like I felt like there was almost a meta moment of acknowledging that Makai later says like you know all they're gonna want you to do is be hoochie fied and I'm like oh are they saying that because this is a black production of a of a French play like oh are they like speaking on that. But like you said, I, I just really want to point out that the woman who had every book on acting in her apartment <laughs> is acting like she's in a Medea play at this audition. Like it was just crazy <laughs> how bad her acting was. And I was just like, and, and then she's mad the whole time that no one believes in her. I'm like, my girl, you it's not your thing. Like I can't believe nobody told you you couldn't act before you left Philly. Because them friends was just happy to be in, getting into the club free with her. They were like, look, I'm not going to say nothing to her, child, because we don't never pay for drinks when we go out with her. So let her do her little thing, child. Like, she had this epiphany of like, oh, shit, I'm not good at this. And she's like looking around at all the other actresses reading, and she's like, oh, it's everybody's dream. Like, it's more than just me out here. Like, this is a thing where... No, I'm not that good. And I do believe that's where some of her animosity comes in with heel because things are not working out her way um, like she expected. So that's why the whole big thing was like, find a job today. Oh, not today, baby. Uh, it was hard out there. <laughs> that's real. But I would just say the way I interpreted her looking at everybody was, oh. Um, Hollywood is racist and that's why I haven't made it yet I am gonna make it one day like that's how I felt like she walked out of audition like I can't believe this bitch had the, had the nerve to not hear the rest of my audition I did not take away any self-awareness from her but I think your read makes a lot more sense yeah because it was just that thing of you know you have this big dream and you have this idea in your head what you want to do especially when you're young like I want to do a b c and d and you eventually get to a point where you like, oh, maybe this is not going to work out for me or maybe I need to try something else. And I think that was the thing of, well, nobody ever told me that or nobody ever brushed me off because I look like this or I'm friends with these people or this man wants me. So that rejection was kind of like a, a smack in the face almost like they don't want me. But I'm Carmen Brown. What? And then she's just, just like I said, she's just looking at all these other actresses out there like, oh, they want it just like I do. So how is this going to work now? Because this is going to be a everyday thing, me going out for reads. I'm not reading by myself. I'm not going to 
wow them because there, there are other beautiful women out there too. I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but uh, I, I think that would have made a better movie if she actually was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to do something different." But she said, "Nah, this this ain't it. I'm gonna go the next route, but I will be famous." It's almost like her dream died there. Honestly, if you go, if you once once that scene is over with, it's kind of like, oof, the dreams are done. Anyway. <laughs> I think that that's what woke up her connivingness because then she said, you know what? I'm going to be with the ma- with whatever man can get me there. That's basically what she, what she did Uh-oh. at that Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think you may have me on to something. I'm not sure. So, again, time has no meaning or anything. But Kyle Fiverr shows back up at his janitorial place. <laughs> for, <laughs> it's like for, a big mistake. For whatever reason, I don't know if he crossed his fingers. I don't know if he prayed. I don't know what he did and what he thought was going to happen. You, you know, I'm just wondering if you got a chance to look over. Yeah, I know who you are. Get the fuck up out of here. I'm calling people. You're, you're, convicted, like, you're a convicted person. Get out of here. I know you people in Philly. And then the dude grabbed the phone. And the real. We find out that he's, he's being said to be a crooked, escaped convict cop. Oh, yeah. He got the. Hey. I guess the um the iMessage boards back then was jumping. So he got on there and he found out. I don't know. My space was jamming. I don't know. I don't know how he found out, but all I know <laughs> this man was ready to call them. But Kyle Fox was like, No, you don't. Give me that, that phone. Was the Black Planet days, so people were talking. <laughs> Y'all, this was a Hungarian business owner. How did this man <laughs> In California, who owns a uh, a janitorial service, find out like he wasn't even on the news. Like they, they didn't show him on the news or nothing. And then he did the whitest white guy thing ever, which is I'm gonna call and telling you in your face. Like tell the man, you know what? I didn't I didn't get here back yet. Why don't you give me like a couple weeks and give me a call and have a great day? Make sure he leaves the building, lock the door. Then call the police and report this. Like white people put themselves in danger for no reason. You're gonna aggressively call the cops on a crooked cop? I'll get you in word. Uh, <laughs> but my funniest part of that whole scene is the white lady who kind of just eases her way out of there. She's like looking like, oh my god, <laughs> get out of here. She's like, I'm just getting out of here because uh, yeah, this ain't for me. So he called, he's calling and Makai Fiverr's getting upset. Like, you don't have to do that. You don't, you don't have to do that. And he kind of like jerks the phone or whatever away from him. And he's kind of like, please stop or whatever. But he, then he runs out. What you got to at this point? Because your man is doing a lot of, if I was that guy too, I would feel kind of like, I don't know if he a killer. I don't know. You know, I don't know what's going on with him. So I can understand him feeling a certain type of way. But my biggest takeaway from this is like, why would you go back there if they didn't call you? It doesn't make any sense. Right? Like, if you Just didn't get, case. if trust and believe, when it comes to certain jobs, they're not going to take long to call you back if you got the job. And that's one of the jobs because that's like a rotating door job. Buddy, you just made yeah. it worse. So this is when I think that like the first time he ran, it was all fun and games. It was hot. It was sexy. He was giving his woman what he wanted, what she wanted. This second run is when it really hits him. Like, oh shit, <laughs> I gotta get the fuck up out of here. Like, I'm not. I'm going back to jail. 
I think it hits both of them at this point because then we move back to the motel and he's sitting there watching TV and looking stupid, as you do when you're on the run. But I guess it is what it is. And she's kind of like, you ain't working today. <laughs> you ain't found no job. <laughs> you're sitting here watching TV. And he's kind of like, rough day, baby. You know, try it out here. It's rough. And then she kind of looking at him like, rough. You don't know what I've been going through. And that's basically a little bit where it's coming from, too. Because she's not comprehending the situation. I think he understood the situation, but now she's starting to realize the situation. Like, he's not going to find a job. He best get on YouTube, figure out how to make some crack, stop moving some weight, because... That's the only way he's going to make money at this point. Find somebody, and you're going to have to just get your money up quick and then get up out of there. Any other way is not going to happen. So the, the tension is there because he's not bringing no money in, and she's like, you promised me this, you promised me that. And she's already had the you know her encounters with Blaze, and she always see what he about. Like She's like, you know, he got his shit together or whatever. But again, I still say, you know, she's going through her whole little thing, too, as far as acting and learning what it's really going to take. It's not going to be that easy like she thought it was. It's going to take a lot of work that she didn't really realize she was going to have to take. But now it's like it's just like both of them just kind of like bitter at each other because now he's thinking also, too, of well, you got me into this. But he ain't saying it yet. (laughs) <laughs> but it's coming yeah. uh, I think it's okay if in a couple like you guys have mismatched expectations but I definitely think like I, I remember during the song when she was t- trying to convince him to go to California she literally said something like oh you you afraid of a trial and I'm like yes I'm absolutely <laughs> afraid of going back to jail for you like how is that not clicking so it's like that I feel like that issue supersedes whatever like lovers quarrel they keep having yeah i just don't know what her expectations were here like you convinced this man to skip out on probation right he's not gonna be able to just walk out and get a job in a year when you could have taken some acting classes and really gotten ready to go to the big leagues like there's so many you could have saved up you could have kept in touch with blaze like there's so many things she could have done that this actually made sense yeah it's it's a it's a whole thing of now, you know, there's there there's no middle ground now. There's just at the point of because even when he had to run, it was only by force. It wasn't because she said something, you know, so great to make him, oh yeah, you're right. I should have run with you, baby. It was like, oh no, look what I've done. We gotta go. So it, it was that and also, like I said, both of them to blame why they're in the situation they are. So they go through their whole little argument or whatever. And I believe Beyonce decides to go out and just get some air and just hang out. And within all this time, you would think, hey, let me hit up my girls. I've been here so long. But you know what happened? Beyonce was walking or standing. And all of a sudden, she just heard some voices and turned around like she saw the boogeyman. Hey, girls. And what? Like, that's how you meet your home girls, your friends from Philly, just by chance? Hey, you didn't call them like, hey, I'm in town. I'm in town. Hey, no, I just turned around and y'all there. And Blaze is taking care of them for some strange reason. 
oh yeah, y'all can have a Benz. Y'all, I got getting y'all money. Y'all got the gear they wearing. They got some nice clothes and all this good stuff. I'm like, oh, Blaze is just like the super Negro. I'll take care of you. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just finding it kind of weird. Again, Drake was a great parallel. <laughs> so, in a very hated scene, we get to Wyclef. Hated scene? <laughs> he br- Wyclef brought so much to this film. <laughs> I just, nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I maybe I just wanted the mood to hear him singing, and I was just oh like, uh, "I'm with Jeff on this one." Like, <laughs> I could have done without it. What the first time we see his full face when he's like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Yes, that's <laughs> what I needed in this scene." I mean, his energy was that energy that you get from somebody in the morning that you're not ready for. And I guess I just I'm just never ready really, really ready for that Wyclef energy. <laughs> I was I was telling a friend about the podcast and I told her I rewatched this and she was like, I absolutely remember it. And she I was started talking about tarot because again, like I, I know more about it now. And she was like, Oh my god, yeah, that fortune teller, she was crazy. I said, She, do you not remember that it was Wyclef John? And she fell on the floor. She was like, I did not remember that it was Wyclef. And so I love this choice of this casting. Let me just say this. For the time they had him in this movie, he made the best of it. Boy, did he really get into that role. He was having fun. Uh, I'll leave it that way. But basically, you know, he's reading everybody's future or, you know, what's going to happen and stuff. And he gets to Carmen and he's like, y'all got to get the fuck up out of here. (laughs) And I'm like, that's a bad sign. <laughs> I'm like, that is very scary. I don't even care if it's real or not. Somebody tell you that. I'm like, no. And Beyonce's like, no, nah, read it. I want to know my future. What's going on? Um, so eventually he reads, and I guess what he tells us death. No, 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 no. She reaches over across his table in his establishment and says, I'll read them and takes the cards from him, which is so offensive and you would never tell anybody else like give me it I'm gonna do it myself yeah and they're going back and forth singing to each other and basically he's telling him that this shit ain't gonna end well for nobody um <laughs> I I don't know for the, ter- for the tarot readers out there the cards are ruined sorrow and death which i've never seen a ruined card <laughs> i've never like this is so made up just for these like purposes um and the thing about tarot is like nothing is a direct translation like the death card does not predict your death so this is so annoying to me being like oh my god like the drama of these three cards yeah because it's just like oh my god like it the way they painted it was like oh we're just doing this for fun like when they were doing it in the house then we got to him, it seemed like, oh, you know, he getting paid to do this. Let's have a little fun. And just the turn of the movie is like, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? Like, this was here for a reason. So who's going to die? <laughs> Who, who's going to have sorrow? What is going to happen? Then I, I thought that was good. I just thought that the scene lasted too long. And I know why I did, because Wyclef's like, no, if I'm going to be in it, I'm going to do my thing. <laughs> Whatever that is, y'all gotta let me do my thing. Yeah, facts. So, um, 
yeah, I don't know how much uh, more I want to talk about this whole terror terror card reading scene. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, I take that back. I do want to talk about something. <laughs> Why was she threw the cards in the air? That CGI. The cards just came like automatically like <laughs> it just like video games. I'm like, you just couldn't keep the cards like real, like actual real cards. You had to like digitalize them, digital make them digital or whatever. Uh anyway. They made them all say death, but yeah, it was a bad time for CGI. <laughs> Cause I'm like, <laughs> if they all said death, then oh, you just yo, you messing with me. Stop it. So now we go back. Uh, the next scene is we sitting up in a <laughs> bar. <laughs> And basically, I believe it's the FBI. Oh, basically, they're looking into crooked cops. So most of our partner is basically like listening in and basically goes back to him and tells him most Duff is sitting somewhere by the pool table, letting some rando woman wear his hat and hold his gun. While the FBI is in there, I'm like, yeah, most Duff must be somebody important. So his partner comes in there and basically tells him. Kingpin theory. <laughs> his partner's like, yo, they looking into this. You know, we got to be careful because pretty soon they're going to start asking questions about you and all this stuff. But all he basically is like is, I want to find Hill. That's all that's on his mind. I'm still a little lost. Like, why do you care about Hill at this point? They're on the run. Like, either he's going to be living this off-the-grid life or he's going to get caught up in the rest of them eventually. So why are you so pressed? But the reason why he pressed is because now they're looking into certain things about him, about his activities. He feels like the hill, he needs to clean up everything. So he but needs to get. The timing is so, is so weird. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just like, this man is on the run. He's not coming back to Philly. He's not coming. Why would you think? Either you think he's still in Philly or you think he's going to come back to Philly. No, he's on the better, run. Better yet, you had a loose end that you kept antagonizing and throwing in jail every time. Like, every time he did something to you, you would put this nigga in jail. And so either after two times, if he didn't snitch on you to get a better deal, he's probably not <laughs> that dangerous to your enterprises. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Micaiah's never flipped on him. So it's like to, to all of a sudden be like, oh, uh, missing piece is like he was right there in front of you and you literally kept forcing him to deal with the jail system. So how do you ugh, it just doesn't make sense. So his bright idea is to tell his ex-fiance who basically does not give a fuck about what's going on. She's angry. She's upset. But he brings her back into the fold basically trying he's basically fishing trying to see what's going on who's still keeping tabs with him if he have any contacts in philly right now it's like oh i can get his job back i mean he's a police officer yeah i would do that i mean i would want my badge back but i'm curious because either she was she's really I'm, not, I'm just saying the character either she's really dumb or she really didn't understand the dynamics that were going on between uh, most deaf and heal because you can see they clearly didn't like each other. She stood right there as things were happening. So why would you believe anything that he's saying? And I'm sure if she works in this, she works in this 
cop bar, she's heard the rumors about him. Like that he's a dirty cop or whatever. But I actually realized afterwards that she was more savvy than you realize in this scene. Because when she does call him, the message she delivers conveys that she gets that he's in danger. But in the scene, it was confusing because it was like she's talking to him like he's just some regular annoying guy. And I'm like, girl, do you not know he's like literally the kingpin of Philadelphia? So I think that um, by the time later, I I felt better about her, her choices. So, yeah, most dev is kicking his little game. Seeing if it's gonna work or not, and you know if you if you get in contact with him, have him call me, and then he's I got it. Of course, he he got to be in his pimp mode. Oh, yo, you can call me too. Oh boy, get out of here, most stuff. Just go do something. So she's sitting there, kind of like thinking it over or whatever. And if she was smart, she should just threw that number away. She should have never got in contact with him. But I guess it's like that. I want to talk to him one last time or whatever or whatever it may be, but we don't get there. You know what we get? We get Blaze again working on his, I guess, Soul Train um, performance. I don't know what type of award show this is, but... Girl, his Soul Train Luau. (laughs) 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 Because the backup dancers had on gold grass skirts. I was like, what am I looking at? On the smallest stage in the world. Yeah. Why is the stage so small? With just the big letters to just say blaze just blaze yeah that's it um oh he's got he's got why does he have so many dancers jesus <laughs> Where did go? yeah that is a lot of that's a small stage so um carmen pulls up there to see him or whatever and stuff like that and he sees her and he gets all googly eyed or whatever because at this point now she sees what she wants I think because basically he has his shit together. No, no matter how circumstances would happen with her and um, Hill, he has his stuff together. She finds him attractive. He's nice. He's not pressing her. He's pressing her friends, but whatever. That's another subject. I find that shit (laughs) still weird, but you know, they kind of like kicking and flirting and she kind of, she sees it. She like, she's into him now. She's not, so much standoffish as she was in the beginning. So this can only lead bad news for um, <laughs> uh, former officer Derek Hill. Uh, but what do you guys would think about this so far? Because we didn't, we almost at the last what twenty minutes, fifteen minutes. You want to go first, Shira? Yeah, just th- this man is just down bad, <laughs> and he has been the whole movie. Like it's just, there's no coming up for him. <laughs> it's just getting worse. <laughs> now the girl you've ruined your life for completely <laughs> is about to leave you for somebody else. Oh my goodness, he is damn bad too. She is. It's like they're in two different movies. Because in her movie, he's you know. Bills, 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 no scrubs. Like, he's just an ain't shit guy who she doesn't deserve, who she deserves more than. 
And in the reality, he's a man who was doing fine before she came his through to wreck his life. <laughs> and now he has nothing because of her. But he's saying, well, I have love. Is that enough? And she's like, no, you're broke now. So I'm out of here. <laughs> it's like, yeah. sis, you took all my wealth. <laughs> like, you're the reason I'm broke. Um, so, yeah, I don't like that. And I think that using Blaze is interesting because it it, it kind of makes you feel like she never had well, I think we knew this, but it makes me wonder if she knew she never had talent in the first place because she goes to Blaze and instead of saying, oh, that's your manager. I need a manager. I need representation. I need you to put me in classes. She goes, okay, I'll just be arm candy. Like she just immediately is like, this is a good plan. Right. And I'm like, girl, you had one bad audition. Like keep working on your craft because <laughs> you keep telling everybody in the world, all you want to do is be famous. But now I realize you don't really want to act. You just want to be famous because once she gets on you know, she's on his arm for like immediately is with him. Like there's no defining the relationship conversation. There's no talking about their past traumas. And it, it was just like, yeah, I'm with you now. This, this, this works. You have money. Although I do wonder if in this situation, is it because she had that tarot reading that every card said death? So does she feel like I don't want to have time to work on this anymore? I have to do whatever I need to do to become famous before something happens. It's, You're right. it's super interesting because I'm thinking like you, uh, Chanel, because I was like, oh, she just, I, she's arm candy now. That's what I was thinking. I didn't want to say because I wasn't sure, but that's how I felt too. I'm like, God damn, your dreams is that brittle? Mm-hmm. Like, right. fight for that shit. Like, do something. You just, oh, no, I'm with Blaze now. Okay, I guess. Um, yeah, sure. You're right. But at the same time, what she should have done was said, oh, my God, life is short. Run home and say, babe, let's go back. I can't believe I did this to you. Like, life is too <laughs> short for me to have treated you like this. Let's have a baby. Let's get pregnant right now. Like, I just want to live my life with you forever. Like, I don't want to live this fast life. Like, she could have said, whoa, I'm at risk because of the choices I've made recently. Let's go back to something safer. And instead, it tells her, no, you need to be on MTV Cribs before you die. <laughs> Get it in gear, girl. That's what that's what it says. I, I, I'm going to tell you. She's just like what I said about here. She was a liar. She was lying. She was lying to herself. She said, I want to live this fast life. I'm this type of spirit that I just got to be free. Come on. Be on the run. What's to it? Come on. And when it happened, she didn't want it. She didn't want any of that stuff that she talked about. Because it's easy to talk about it, but... No, now, now we really are living like Bonnie and Clyde. That's what you said you wanted, right? Oh, no, I was just playing. That's what she might as well just told him. Oh, you believe me? Oh, no, that's silly. But anyway, so we go back to the uh, motel room, which they have kind of cleaned up. I'm proud of them. They made it to home. And, of course, what he's doing, watching TV. See, that's what I'm saying. No initiative. Man, do something. Learn how to make some bracelets or something. Do what the fuck are you doing? Just like, like, <laughs> we had eBay back then. He could have done something, right? You could have been doing something. I'm just laying in the bed watching TV. Uh, anyway, so he's like waking up to a phone call. Which she got? How did she get the hotel room number? No, sorry, motel room number. I think that he kept in touch with Porter. It seems like he kept tabs with his partner because they was always on ride for each other. And then she, because she says, I got your number from Porter. Okay, yeah, I just saw it. She said, Porter gave me your number or whatever. Okay. So they're having this conversation and it's a conversation that many couples or ex-couples have had before that 
tension on the phone and things wanting to be said and this and that, but this is a little different because it's a movie and he's basically sorry for the stuff that he put it through and he know he was wrong. He know it was a trash move because at this point he's like, he's thinking that this wasn't worth it. What I'm going through right now is not worth it. I should have just stayed being a sergeant, taking most of shit and marrying my beautiful wife. But I decided to make another choice. And he's like, I'm sorry. And she don't want to hear none of that because she's hurt, but she does still care about him. So she want to let him know, you know, hell's coming for you. But I'm like, okay, is he coming to LA? If he ain't coming to LA, I ain't worrying about it. And she goes, she ends with, I hate you, Jody, or whatever. She yeah, says. she's like, like I she hate you. To <laughs> but I still love you. So yeah, I was I'm like, like, okay, I get it. Yeah, so uh, that's understandable. You can't, I can't fault her for that because I think, I think her character should have had a lot more to do in this movie. But I understand, like I said, it's an 88 minute movie. So it was only so much they could do with her. And I just think, you know, something more in that first act of the movie should have been you know showcased her or showcased our feelings or something because it just made her like oh i'm just a smiling girlfriend just going through the motions yeah because it just made her seem weird like her talking about him being a police officer out the blue and like no we know she got sense but just the way they painted the picture for her just was kind of disjointed yeah one one characteristic of this film that is consistent is there's no character growth for anyone no one gets better. No one learns a lesson. No one is, you know, better because their experiences or learns or whatever. She's like that the whole time. She's like a sad constellation prize the entire time at constellation. And he's an asshole the whole time. And Kai, like, but it comes out later. Most stuff is a villain from beginning to end. Carmen is selfish. Like, and you know, you can just set your clock by that. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's wild. It's wild because you would think it would be some type of uh, growth by one character. I mean, I guess we do get some character growth. I mean, Porter, right? <laughs> he came up on a lick. Child, that's a, in the negative direction. <laughs> he like he becomes a bad guy. Yeah, he turned I, on his friend pretty quick. I mean. I, you know what? I had I gotta start asking that question. Amy, would you turn on me for fifty thousand dollars? Like if somebody put fifty thousand dollars in your head right there, would you turn? Would you become a rat? That, that that's that. listen for fifty k. I'm Chanel versus the world, Jeff. Oh my goodness! It's me. I'm taking the I'm taking the show. I'm I'm rebranding. I'm putting my face on the Abbey. It's on me. Good lord! Just that's so you know where I stand. <laughs> Good lord! But so most stuff is. He he really wants heal. He's, I still don't get it. So he calls Porter into his little kingpin paw room he got with the pool table. Because now I'm starting to believe he is the kingpin. And he's like, hey, man, take a seat, man. Come on, have a drink with us. And he like, he kind of uneasy about it because he know how him and Theo Huxtable friendship was. And Theo was trash. But that's another story for another day. Um, So he's looking around like, all right, I have a Pepsi. Give him a Pepsi or whatever. So he's sitting there talking like, what's good, man? Like, just trying to, like, chop it up to him like they've been buddies the whole time or whatever. So basically, to make a long story short, he like, yo, you talk to Hill? And he's like, nah, I ain't spoken to Hill or whatever and stuff like that. He's like, oh, okay. 
He's like, yeah, I know this is your first year. You know, I know I wish somebody would have talked to me because I know the salary, salary be kicking you in the ass and stuff like this or whatever. Yeah. You sure you ain't talked to him? All right, all right, all right. So then he give him an envelope. He said, oh, yeah, that's for you. Some of the guys, you know, we got something for you, whatever. And he looking like, oh, shit, it's $50,000. What, what are you doing? He said, no, nah, man, it's yours. Keep it. And what's up with him? He looking around. Well, his mama had told me he was down on the corner yesterday, <laughs> and then if you go down here, you can find. And it's like he spilled it immediately. He's like, "Oh, I'm crooked. That's it." Yeah. Not a second. Fifty k. Fifty k. Let's just say that uh, their friendship wasn't as strong as uh, Hill might have thought, because he's like, "Oh yeah, man, he in L.A." I, I, <laughs> it's bad enough. He's like, "Oh yeah, he in L.A." I, I can give you a room number two <laughs> address. I'm like, damn. Right. And then later he makes a choice to follow up and give updated information, which is like, you're not like you, like why does every, it's like most of owns everyone he interacts with, because if I trade on my friend, that's all you about to get from me. We're not also going to like be texting about how my friend's not doing well and what the gossip I heard. Like you got your information. I'm not calling you back later. He's like, was that hard? He's like, I like you, man. I like this dude. So he's so now, like, I think that was that was supposed to be the moment they they showed you of how easy it is to turn a, a good cop into a bad cop. I think that's what that was supposed to, you know, symbolize. Like, yes, it can be that easy. It can be something as small as that. Like you turning on a friend that you mm-hmm. go down this road of, you know. And you know why it's so easy, Jeff? Because <laughs> all cops are bad. Oh, good. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we get um <laughs> Hill packing up like yeah we gotta go baby they don't they come to get our ass and she she looking like oh okay you packing so she thinking in her mind she's thinking that he's leaving because she said oh you packing oh that'll be that's what that's what's best so she thinking like oh we breaking up you leaving, and I don't even have to go through this whole thing of like talking about it. And he's like, "No, baby, we got to leave out of here." You know, war situation. They on our ass. And she was like, "Oh, I ain't going nowhere." <laughs> he's like, "Wait a minute, what you mean?" <laughs> she was definitely like, "Who is me?" <laughs> she basically <laughs> like, "Thanks for the ride to L.A." But she started helping him pack. I don't know if y'all noticed that she like grabbed like a shirt or something yeah. and put. I was like, "Oh no!" I felt so bad for him. I'm like, he's not even realizing what's happening right now. And she's like, "I'm staying." And he's like, "Uh, no, we leaving." And he's basically like realizing what's happening right now. And he's like, "Yo, I gave up my life for you." She basically told him, "Sorry." Sucks to suck, bro. She said, "I don't know why you did that." And she's like, "I would blaze down." <laughs> no, he says, "Did you, you?" I gave my life for you. She goes, "And you want me to give up mine for you?" And I was in my kitchen, like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, that's, that's the trade." <laughs> how that's supposed to go? She's like, "I'm going." She said, "I'm like with blaze down." And he's like looking like, wait a minute, I gave up my life for you. What's going on and all this stuff? And she's like, look, it was fun, but it's over. And the face, man, can Makai Pfeiffer get that emoting as far as, as, far as go as sadness and hurt? 
He's like, look, you can't do this to me. <laughs> and she's like, yes, I can. But I gave up my life for you. And she said, what do you expect for me to give up mine? Selfish. From beginning yeah. to end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's if we didn't have the evidence of them literally looking in each other's eyes and saying, I want to be with you forever, you would think that he was just way off. You would think he just made this up in his head. They were just cooling or whatever. But she literally was like, I need you to do, like, I need you, like, you're a part of my life now and whatever. And then she just on a whim is like, hmm. Actually, could have done without you this whole time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Next, and I'm like, that's wrong. And he's mad. Like you can see, like his turn. Like you said, and I'm, and again, in a very, I don't know if this is feminist because it's, it's treating her equally or if it's anti-feminist. But I was like, I told myself, I said, I would have beat her ass, and that's wrong as a man. But as a person, I'm just like, you need your ass whooped for this. And you know what? I'm officially on board when she was cool with just being the eye candy. Because now she's at her girl house in the taking a bubble bath, Blaze calling. And he's like, oh, you know, come on, forget about the dress. What would you wear tonight? I got a special delivery. Like, he's like, I- I'm catering to you now. I'm catering to your needs. Like, you don't have to do anything. I got you. So it's now is like, what? What? Acting? What are you talking about acting? Oh, that was just my side you- hustle. <laughs> <laughs> when he called for a second, I was hoping he was going to be like, hey, change of plans. Um, you can't come no more. I got another girl coming through. And I just wanted to backfire on her. And it didn't. It instead was perfect. <laughs> and she like had everything set up. And I was like, oh, I would have liked the more. I would have liked the more. Say, oh, yeah, you can't come. But why, Blaze? Oh, my wife going to be here. What? Yes, wife? That's the ending we deserve. <laughs> yes. What you mean, wife? So then we get her jumping out the tub, excited, telling her girls and all this stuff. And the radio falls in the tub that she was just sitting in. And she is shook because now she's going back to the tarot cards and she kind of like whatever and stuff like that. So, you know, she's just like shook up. So we get back to Makai Pfeiffer. This This whole second end of this movie, pretty much third act. He's been watching a lot of TV. So, you know, what he's watching. He's watching Blaze. And well, Blaze do an interview with Carmen being the eye candy, being the girl on the side. And he, <laughs> the look on his face yeah. is like, what is happening right now? So the best thing he decided to do was, oh, let me call the homie Porter. I know I can vent to him. And Porter's kind of like answering the phone like, shit, man, just leave me alone. If I don't got to think about you, I ain't got to think about what I did. He's like, man, everything okay? No, man, everything is not okay, man. I'm going crazy out here. <laughs> He's like, everything's falling apart. And you know my cow Pfeiffer upset when he starts saying B a lot. B, I'm going to feel B. <laughs> <laughs> He's in another movie all the time. Oh, yeah, painful. Anytime he said B, you knew it was on. Um. And he's like turning into like insane. You don't understand, man. I can't breathe without her. He's like, man, calm down, man. Let me tell you something, man. Uh, basically, I'm going to answer the concert right now, and I got to get her before I leave. He's like a maniac, man. He's turned into somebody like, I can't live without this woman. I need her. Fuck everything. Fuck everybody. I'm going to get her. So Porter hears is all that. He know Porter hears all this, and he kind of like, I tried to talk him out of it, but. Let me go ahead and make this phone call. 
and, and it wasn't like he, he didn't have to give this information. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That was wrong. It was he could have kept like he he would have never known. And he you had know. the money at that point. So yeah, you didn't need to provide any kind of update. But the, well, Porter punk ass. Oh, I, I can tell you where he could exactly be at. So we have we had Blaze's concert that he was performing for, and he's doing some bad rapping or whatever he's doing up on stage. And um, Beyonce is there in the back watching him perform and stuff. Oh my God, these Hawaiian dresses or whatever they're supposed to be just don't seem like they match up well it's to his school. It's a terrible world. outfit. But by <laughs> the way, the dress that he did pick out for Beyonce was flawless. It was such a gorgeous white dress. Yeah, it is a it's a nice dress. Um, she does look stunning in it, stunning in it. But uh, they're performing, uh, and doing all this is going on. I guess, <laughs> but Kyle Pfeiffer is going to pull up. But before he pulls up, like they have this little break where Blaze come running to the side and, "Hey, baby, how I'm doing? You know, you look good out there and stuff like that." And like this isn't the same strong black woman we saw at the beginning of the movie this you know just i'm gonna take it i'm gonna do what i want this is more like oh no i'm here for you baby i'm catering to you yeah you're doing good go on out there it just seems like it's two different carmen's now and i don't know if that was a choice or supposed to be like that or like i just don't know i don't know because you wouldn't think that that's said it's like a it's a resignation like she's like oh this is it this is how i'm gonna get there the house in Malibu. Yeah, I guess. I guess. She, I guess she's more like, well, I don't know if this whole me being a star thing works, but I can still live the same life with someone else. Anywho, so we got basically um, a cow fight for a hill showing up, being a ninja, and a, <laughs> nobody noticing him, pulling Carmen to sneak up on her and like, yo. I need to talk to you for a minute. And she really hates him now. Leave me alone, basically. I would blaze now. And he's trying to tell her, no, Miller's coming. And we got to get out of here. And yes, Miller shows up too. And it does not work like this. This is one thing I do know. He walks backstage with security. And he flips his Philadelphia badge. And oh, yeah, all right, you can come back here. What you doing here? You from Philly? Oh, yeah, let me get somebody above my pay grade to see if you can come back here. Because I don't know how that, that should work like that. Is like, he, wh- who are you investigating? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you are out of town. You just don't come back here just you flip your Philadelphia badge. Oh, yeah, I'm here. So they let them like go. free concerts is not a perk of the job. <laughs> no, you're not the FBI. It's Philly police. So as they're arguing and... Carmen and uh, Hill are having this big argument and he's basically at this point he just doesn't want anything to happen to her of course he wants her but she's not realizing the significance of what's going on like he wants us us both of us out of here especially me but you with me so he'll take you out too so anyway he's in like in the rafters and he got a silencer on his gun and he sees them he waits for a minute and he shoots I'm sure he was aiming for Makai Pfeiffer at first but he shoots Carmen twice in the back, gets her, and she's all shocked and looking and like, oh. And they look in each other's eyes, and he kind of put her down. So it's, he tried. Hold on. The shooting in the back, 
is what brings this is my aha moment I had earlier. This is why y'all theory that they put it all together is seamless because he kills her so that she doesn't expose it like they set him up this whole time. And again, I don't think that's actually what happened, but I like that theory better. And the reason why I think that is because it's not like she got shot in the head and he was trying to aim for his head. Like if you shoot this girl in the back, you're shooting her. Like he shot from behind and above, like, you know where her back is and that her back is not possibly going to be Hill, Hill's body in any way. You know what I'm saying? Like he shot her. He didn't like just shoot at him and miss if you're getting her lower back. Do you see what I'm saying? Like physics wise? I got you. It just doesn't, I'm just like, this is so stupid. So unless you're the worst shot ever. <laughs> I mean, realistically, we didn't see this man doing any work. <laughs> so right, who, that's why I'm like, what do you have to do to become a lieutenant? What he did, well, what I think how he became a lieutenant was he was doing so much dirt, and the more people that he got arrested and stuff like that, he moved up. The more you know, he was doing dirt yep. to move up. But also with doing that, he got a lot of money and you know, all this stuff. But, you know, he can throw somebody under the bus like probably what he did to uh, Jermaine right. Dupree. True. True. Well, let's discuss this. So I've been looking for for Hill this whole time. Right. It keeps me up at night. And my, my man's like, bro, Hill can put us in jail. Like, we got to get him. I'm like, all right. So I get on a plane. I go past three time zones to L.A get it right off the plane. I'm no, I'm all business. I go straight to the venue. I flash my badge, right? I pull up with a silencer, but I forget to put bullets in the gun. Oh, so wow. there's two bullets in this gun. <laughs> I shoot, I shoot, I kill the wrong person. I'm out guys. <laughs> I'm out. No more ammunition. And that's it for me. They have, uh, so basically, like I said, his, clip is i guess i don't know the gun guy jammed or he just had two bullets whatever they get up to each other they start fighting it's a scuffle basically the hill throws them off the off the little uh what you call it a ledge not ledge but uh i forgot what you call it yeah that little scaffold thing that they're on he's dead and basically instead of a car fight for like i've been on the run might as well keep running now right Nah, I'm just going to get on my knees and put my hands, <laughs> hands above my head because I'm just tired yeah. of this shit. And, yeah, that's the that's the movie. You basically get, like, okay, a bunch wait, of clips. Real quick, two small details. They, as soon as the guy, a guy falls onto the stage in the middle of a live show, somebody over the intercom goes, get Blaze off the stage, please. Hello, security. Somebody, like, they start, they use the intercom to say, get the talent off the stage, and it takes Blaze a full, like, 20 seconds to move from right where the body just landed. <laughs> like he like does not flee immediately. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then like you said, the, the uh, go into the flashbacks, but wh- when they started doing this next part, I was thinking they were about to do a rewind and I was praying that it was like, hey guys, I should have never did that. Like this is what would have happened if I had slept in that girl's room that one night and they go back to the beginning and he doesn't do it, but that's not the case. Everybody yes. Rewinding. I didn't understand that. Like, I, cause usually, cause like they basically go through the whole movie. If some of you ever, somebody told you, I never seen Carmen before. Okay, let me forward the movie a little bit. And you show them that one minute. Oh, that goes, that's the movie. That's all you need to know. Right. That's, that's absolutely the movie. So when I'm seeing this, I'm like, oh, either 
He took her straight to jail. Um, you know what I'm saying? It stopped at a certain point, but nope. It actually happened. He looks dumb. Carmen's dead. Most Dev's dead. Is is there a likable person in this movie? Oh, and the newscaster who's like the who sums it up at the end says that he killed both of them because the lieutenant was sleeping with Carmen. But I'm like, do y'all not have ballistics and the gun registered to the lieutenant and the lieutenant's prints on the gun? Why would the police misunderstand what happened if there's literally no evidence? of this man having fired a guy it, that pissed me off so much that they wrapped it up to make it like really tragic. But I'm like, there's no evidence to support this theory. What I do appreciate is that at the end and the brats wrapping her in a little end <laughs> of the movie, it's basically you leave it up to what you want to feel about the movie. Like did Carmen get what she deserved or, you know, was it too much or was it, uh, Hailed and went too far Or whatever Like they kind of Leave it up to you But you know it's, just, it's This movie Did not age well And it didn't age well Because like I said before It was just a time And place we can't Go back to again If you were there During the time Oh we probably Talked about this Probably laughed about it And it was probably A thing Seeing it with older eyes now is just like, oh no, this is goofy. All of this is goofy. And we understand movies are supposed to be goofy, but <laughs> you know what I mean? It's supposed to be like not taking seriously, supposed to have a yeah. good time or whatever it may be. But this movie is just like, oh no. All all the bad flaws we had for movies, especially around this time for movies like this with this type of budget, you see them in this movie. It's like, oof, I wouldn't have did that. I wouldn't have did this, but it was what it was. Um, I, I before you ask the last question, I want to ask both of y'all: Did she get what she deserved? I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I know I did, really didn't hesitate on that. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a firm yes for me. <laughs> I mean, you gotta ask me. I, yeah, <laughs> she got what she deserved. I definitely think as a, as as far as how human beings treat each other, I definitely think that she got what she deserved. But then I realized I'm saying she deserved to die. And I don't know if she deserved to die. But she definitely deserved to not have, to not just be able to treat him that way without any consequences. Now, do I wish she was still alive at the end? Sure. Um, but I also think that I could see the 2000, this is why I didn't age well, because we're all more progressive, even if you're, even if your values are similar to back then, like your ability to see things in a different way has expanded. So I'm like, back then, it probably made so much sense that she would do this, he would do that. But like, as a feminist today, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, who acts like this? Like, women should be, people should be more accountable for their actions. So I think that's why it's okay to say she got what she deserved, because humans shouldn't treat each other like this. But from a Bills, Bills, Bills perspective, maybe she wasn't wrong. I don't know. Maybe she should go for what she wants and do whatever. But yeah, she just didn't have to take that man. If he was single, this whole thing would be different. But she literally took a man out of his relationship for no reason. So therefore, I do think she's wrong. Shout out to the outtakes. The outtakes were fun. (laughs) You could tell everybody was having fun on the set. Yeah, yeah, those were good. But now that you say she's 19, there's an outtake of two 
production crew staring at Beyonce's ass and the director goes, hey, can you not do that? And she goes, yeah, can you not? And I was like, oh my God, not them. It's not weird. Them, like harassing Beyonce. It's weird. It's really, it's super weird looking at stuff now, especially knowing her age back then. And I just know, you know, Hollywood has a thing of saying, oh, we're just actresses and actors and this is just, the, but it's still, bro, it's still just kind of, it's just, it's kind of cringy sometimes. Um, what it, the question we always ask on here, and I got a good feeling I know what the answers are. Was Carmen 2001 just a bad, bad movie or was it a bad, good movie? And I'm going to start it off. Carmen was just a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> I had fun watching it. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was quick. It wasn't something like that. I had to be like, oh, God, I got to finish this. Because um, I watched it twice. So it was it was fine. I enjoyed it for what it was. I just know that, of course, this movie's not going to age. Because it's, like it's a time capsule. It's like when you look back at your yearbook. Like, oh shit, you know, I can laugh and look at stuff and I will understand it and people around that time and ever will get it and stuff like that. But somebody like if you have kids or a sibling that's younger or so whoever, they're going to look at it like, oh, this is what y'all was doing? That's what was going on? I guess. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's a bad, bad movie. But I would, what I will say is it's some enjoyment to have with the movie. It's it's joy it's enjoyment to have with it. You can have fun with it. You can not take it seriously. You could probably throw it on by everybody in the house and crack jokes or whatever and stuff like that. But it's still like for this podcast, yeah, this is a bad, bad movie. I think that for me, this is the first one that I've said is a bad, bad movie. So, uh, Chanel? Yeah, this is a the bad worst type of movie. It upset me to watch. I did not enjoy it, even though oh, I, no. I, I, I got, I mean, like, I, I enjoy talking about it on the podcast, but afterwards, I was like, this was terrible. Like, I didn't get, I didn't even get no Black Girl Magic out of it. I was like, it's not good, but it was amazing when I first saw it, and that's what it deserves. Last but not least. Yeah, it's, it's just bad. That's <laughs> <laughs> just there are no redeeming qualities to it. And as I was watching it, I was thinking back to like, I got these flashes of watching it when it originally aired and it, it was bad then. It wasn't. <laughs> it was bad even then. So I think you're but, right. Uh, I, yeah. I think you're right. And I just ignored it. I think I absolutely believe that's what it was. It was that thing yeah. of, Oh no, I like this person or Oh no, that's Jermaine Dupree. Oh, that's the Brad. Oh, Bow Wow in here. So it was just so many things that, I ignored the bad and me not really taking movies so serious. I don't, I don't even take them serious now, but me looking with different eyes now, I can see the movie in a whole different way and see certain things that choices were made that I'm sure even Robert Townsend was like, uh, I would have did, did something a lot different, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, shout out to his yeah. to his red and blue scene where they he just put a filter over them <laughs> oh, when wow. they were arguing. So um, I think we will close out on that. This is going to be a super interesting episode because like I said, I'm trying to let everybody months breathe. Um, 
but this episode will be out eventually. It's just I have movies that I want to do personally, like on the side. And I know everybody's not going to be a cup of tea. Because, like, I want to do Hard Ticket for Hawaii. But people act like it's a problem with Hard Ticket for Hawaii. If you never see it, you don't know. That's the whole thing. I've seen it. I think it's an enjoyable movie to talk about. It's really bad. But I think it's bad good. That's just me. But, like I said, I got a a bunch of movies. This will be a thing that, like, I didn't expect people to listen to this. Like they are listening to it because like we only have two episodes out right now. And that's the initial episode and the Sunset Park episode. But for some reason, blown away. I don't know if it's just like all the white folks found somebody's talking about Corey Haim and Corey Phillips. <laughs> I don't know what happened. But I'm like, oh, people still listening to this? I'm like, I guess, but I hope this is not exactly you know well i know what i can find this podcast but they talk about a b and c that was just the moment that i wanted to start it off and wanted to give an example of what's going on uh you ladies have your months coming up and like it'll probably be a totally different show from how i do my show i know Derek's was uh different with sunset park and that's what i want i want to bring that difference of what we can create and what we can do and just bringing a lot of different podcasters and stuff together to do this um Right. And seriously, Jeff, thank you. Thank you, not just for this episode and leading this, but putting us all together, um, like just being in that community is such a inspiration boost. And it's been a lot of fun. So thank you again for masterminding this. Oh, yeah, no problem. Like I just get I get tired of seeing the same like I like I listen to a ton of podcasts, right, when I'm at work. Um, but when you go and look at like the top podcasters, everybody look the same. Don't have to. I don't even have to elaborate on that. Everybody has a certain look, a certain style, or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, but what if you know we all like come together and what if we like lend a hand or or whatever it may be, collaborate, whatever it may be, whatever you need. Oh, do you know somebody who can do a website for me? A B C D, whatever it may be. Like we can all come together and do stuff, and also get our side, our own things going. And it's just helpful because I think if it ain't me. Or if ain't nobody within the group that like really take off, then it's the people behind us. Like, cause I want to see black faces more upfront on a lot of things. Like I know they're out there and I know we have some, but no, I think we need to push it. Cause we always got to do it ourselves. Right. Like back in the day, it's like, okay, we got to do what's best. We got to make chicken gizzards taste good or whatever. You know what I'm saying? We took the worst and we made the best out of it. Mm-hmm. So coming together and doing this, I thought it was a fantastic idea. Um, I can't wait to hear you ladies months. Uh, Sherry, I know you have October, which I'm really, I, I don't know if you're still doing Leprechaun or not, but once you had said it, I just got all giddy because I just thought about all the Leprechaun movies I watched, especially Leprechaun in the Hood. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if you're still going that route, but I can't oh, wait. Oh yeah, that's definitely the plan. Yeah, I I can't wait to hear that episode because I don't think I listened to one Leprechaun. And it's always when I listen to a podcast, it's always Leprechaun in the Hood. That's easy. Like it's just too easy to do. Let's let's start back from the beginning. Yeah, I, right. I want to go original Leprechaun, the one we used to watch on the band bus, like going to Roanoke. Exactly. Um, God. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm old, um, <laughs> but. 
Yeah. Uh, we're going to sign out there. We're going to get out of here. Uh, until next time, uh, y'all stay safe. Be peace. Uh, be peace. <laughs> peace. I like that. Be peace. <laughs> All right. <laughs>